Toretto! You're under arrest. Arrest? I don't feel like I'm under arrest. How about you, Brian? Nah, not a bit. Not even a little bit. I'll just give it a minute. It'll sink in. We didn't kill those feds. Those Reyes. I don't give a shit. Just here to bring in two assholes whose names hit my desk. Yeah. That sounds like a real hero. Do you expect me to talk? Good evening, good night. Welcome to episode 179 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow co drivers, Chris and Dave. How are you both? Good evening, folks. I'm all right, thank you. I haven't got a quippy, uh, quippy pun the, this time around. You haven't got any quippy quotes? No, no, not not really. Um, I kind of let the side down. Um, Shocking. I know, yeah. Um, I'd like Fruity Corner, and I've got Chris's quippy quotes. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't done a fruity corner for a while. That's fun to I, say. I, I didn't recognise any um, fruit in this film. <laughs> no, there's no, no nutritional value in this series whatsoever. You could no. mention Brazil nuts, I guess, but... Okay, yeah, yeah but what, just because they were in Brazil? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they should do Cornwall, have a pasty. <laughs> yeah. Or classic cream. Well, we, could have, we could have monkey no- monkey nuts when we, go to, when we do um, Planet of the Apes, I don't know. Yeah, except... Apes and monkeys are not the same things. No, exactly. It'd be irrelevant. <laughs> it, it'll be bananas every time, won't it? Like <laughs> Charlie's just turned his phone and get his phone against the wall. Having heard you say that, probably. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, you fucking idiot! You want me to record with you on this? Yes, <laughs> Kick me out, get Charlie, and quality goes up tenfold. Wow, that's only. That's only no, obviously, I know. I know they are different, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only two or three series away now. Uh, Planet of the Apes. So, yeah, that's coming... And obviously nuts, not fruit. So. Yeah, okay. And a peanut is a legume. As it anyway. Is. So that's, yeah, nutritional. So now, now we've added value. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Lockdown's getting to us all. Bloody hell. Right. Yes, yeah, so tonight we are reviewing Fast and Furious 5, or as I like to call it, Fast 5. I'm shortening everything. Uh, starring Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Gal Gadot, Tyrese Gibson... Dwayne Johnson, Jordana Brewster, Ludacris, Sun Kang, and many more. Music by Brian Tyler, written by Chris Morgan, directed by Justin Lin, and released 2011. I just checked yeah. that for a minute. Yes, two, uh, for, yeah, about 10 years ago. Yeah, I couldn't believe um, that. I, I, I can't remember when in the year it was released. I'm just looking now. Yeah, it was in I, April, I, actually. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the spring release. They, they're often around April, May, but it, I was just checking. The That was in the United States. It's for a couple of weeks later than that it might have been made but anyway yeah it was late on wide release it was the end of april 2011 so two other things to add uh we've got the cinematographer back from tokyo drift that's why it looks so cool it looks great um and one of the editors the lead editors a guy called christian wagner who edits next week as well but third listed editor is fred raskin 
and I recognised that name. So I checked it, and Fred Rasking is the editor that replaced the late Sally Menke working with Quentin Tarantino. Oh, so no okay. wonder this film looks good. Yeah. Um, some things you have to look up, some things you recognise. I mean, I knew Brian Tyler had an attachment to this series, but this score is very, very Brian Tyler. I would have, I would have known that. I think anyway. I don't think I've realised till the last few months how instantly recognisable his stuff is. It's one of those yeah. series where you hear the music and you actually know who it is. Yeah, it's kind of very propulsive and sort of low horn sounds in it and stuff. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting, but yeah, go and listen to the Formula One theme, and that is exactly what Brian Turner Tyler sounds like, basically. And that you do see, you do hear bits of it in this. Definitely, there's car chases in this where it's just, it's just got variants of that sort of type of thing. Um, I can see why they picked him for that theme, to be honest. Um, the other the other thing I think I pointed out is I, I keep saying um, that this is where the sort of format changes quite a bit. It hinted at it last week, but one of the other things about the format changes, it's gone over the two hour mark. It, it's two hours, 10 minutes this week. It will be the same next week. Coincidentally, that's the same length exactly as Thunderball, mm. which is the film I kind of likened it to. Fun not, fact. Not in style by any means, but in terms of, ah, this is what we want to be. And as much as sort of Goldfinger seen as the quintessential Bond film in a lot of ways, there are things about the Bond series that didn't come till the following week, but there was very little that didn't come till after that. So, so for example, Thunderball's the first film that was shot in CinemaScope. Um, it's the first one um, after Robert Brown John returns. Uh, not Robert Brown. No, Maurice Binder. Sorry, Robert Brown John did the second and third films. And sort of the recognisable credit sequence started with that film. Uh, it, there was just a few things about it, you know. Uh, um, but it's, it's kind of it is very similar, isn't it? Because like with Bond, obviously a lot of the tropes that we yeah. see in the Bond films were kind of obviously brought up in Goldfinger, but then obviously were cemented in Thunderball. I think yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so the no. Fast Four that was kind of like the first Fast and Furious movie well, as we've seen it so far, and then it was cemented by this film and carried yeah. on. No, no, no format is ever completely complete in the. No. <laughs> Bond films now don't look like Thunderball. I mean, they well, no, but you know what I mean, though. <laughs> but if you had to say, at which point are all the major things in place? It's Thunderball. And if yeah. you said to me, when is the when is the modern Fast series like in place? It's here. Yeah, it's this one totally. Uh, definitely. Um, I, I've only seen it once before today because I saw it in that box set. And it was just such a relief <laughs> because <laughs> I, found, I, I, I hadn't really enjoyed the first four. I enjoyed four a lot more this time, actually, than, than I did the first time. But this is a brighter film. It's a sunnier film, but obviously partly because of where they are. We've suddenly got sort of Tyrese and, Lud and Ludacris there as well at the same time. They find a way to give everybody something to do. So, Han is, is in most of the film rather than just a bit of it. And suddenly it's like, oh, here we go. And it's, you know, it's a proper sort of heist caper film. And really, with the exception of only one or two scenes, it doesn't really focus on street racing in the same way. Yeah, it's, I think, more, it's definitely more of a heist movie. Yeah, I think this is like where, the, like, as a series would say, is like is in full gear. Like it's it, it's picked up like, uh, last week where and where it kind of wants to go. And now it's in like full speed. And it's like, as you say, this is kind of where the fast franchise is franchise is known today this is kind of where it is now yeah i mean it gets it gets a bit it gets a little bit soapier after this um i mean it's a bit like 
I, I couldn't help but think of Joey Tribbiani because because when she announces she's pregnant, it, it, there's something a bit TV novella about that, you know, telenovela type thing. I, I thought it, it just made me think of it's twins and only one of them is mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. Um, so it does go yeah, like a character crew back after getting decapitated. <laughs> Yeah, they're jizzing <laughs> over their family bonds and all the rest of it. Yeah, brain transplant in the next film with Susan Sarandon. Uh, <laughs> I um, so yeah, it, it's definitely just got a little bit more in in that way to go, if you like. But um, I just completely it, sort of got what you meant as well, particularly with like what soaps do, where like you have like completely irre- irredeemable villains suddenly turning like okay, doing like doing like face change turns <laughs> like we get later on <laughs> and, I, and i think with with some soaps as well um the speed of turnover of uh, i've burned through plots and stuff yeah means they kind of sort of have to pull things out of their ass and the plot it's not that it doesn't i mean it lands most of its themes this series but there is an element of some of that stuff is a little bit busy work just to to like have something going mm. on and various interdynamics going on, but it, it's not it's not laid on too heavily here. I mean, it's it's certainly, I mean, that was a joke example. She certainly doesn't have twins, and only one of them is Brian's. So um, <laughs> the other's uh, Dom's. No. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the other one is Dom. How could you, Dom? We were brothers and lovers. Um, I had a good laugh at some of that during this film. Uh, did you see this at the time, folks, or what? I I saw it at the cinema. I think it was the first time um, I actually went to the cinema to see any fast film. I can't remember if I saw Fast and Furious before before I saw this, or it was something I revisited after seeing this. But it it it, it was like um, at a time I thought, oh yeah, you know what? I'm actually interested in seeing in in seeing seeing this actually. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what it was. It just appealed. It just appealed a bit more like a bit more action heavy. Looked a bit more fun, not just about you know, dude, where's my car? You know, gonna race you, bro. That that kind of thing. It did seem like it 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 had something in it more than that. It 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 felt more like something like a like what it is. It's just a a, a fun spectacle, really. Um and. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's the first time I saw it was in the cinema. It's the only time I saw it actually. I've not not revisited it till t- today. Yeah, I know. I saw it in that box set, and like I say, it was a huge relief. And then I went straight on. I think I'm, I'd seen six a couple of times. I yeah. can't remember if I saw it again very soon afterwards. I can't remember, but I do remember thinking, "Oh, actually, this is even better than six. Um, judging by general public opinion, I think this most often tops the list of the best. Fast and Fast and yeah. Furious films, but when I say most often, it's far from unanimous. Six and seven gets in there on a few lists. I mean, you'll see the odd outlier where mm. they like the first film best or something, but by and large, five, six, and seven is like the peak of this series. I've seen seven at the top of quite a few lists, and my I've only seen seven once, and my memories of it are compromised by the whole making of it and what happened to Paul Walker. So I'm I'm looking for the seams all the way through it. Mm. Um, and I thought maybe it was just a little step too far into the silly, but I'm quite willing to watch it again, and and, and we'll see. Um, I, I think that's probably down to like the the tribute to Paul Walker. I think that's going to like 
Uh, yeah, but I, you know, I, I may watch it with very sort of. Well, I will watch it with fresh eyes this time because I always do. But uh, even six, there's a few plot diversions in it that I just think that that needed tightening. That didn't need to be there. The sort of the sort of homoeroticism is dialed up even even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember really cool. liking six. And if someone said they preferred six to this, I'd go, yeah, that's fair enough. I, I understand that as a preference. So my understanding is we're going into the best three weeks of the series now. Certainly, I. My memories of the last two films we're going to cover in this run are not anywhere near as strong. I think eight was a bit of a mess. I thought the see the, I thought the end of seven was a bit of a mess, and we'll get there. Um, but I certainly thought eight was a mess, and I downright disliked Hobbs and Shaw. So um, we'll we'll just have to see. But certainly we we sort of paid our dues to get here, and now we're at the good stuff. Mm. So, Becca, what do you make of it? Is this your first time watching Fast Five? This is going to sound very strange, but no, I think it was either this film or the next next film. Um, it was probably like your first time seeing it at the cinema, for example. So I'm pretty sure I just ignored the first four. <laughs> um, but I think it's been, you know, involved in a massive safe. And I remember sort of thinking that's only going to work well on the big screen. Um, but yeah, no, like Dave, definitely. I think here we've hit the sweet spot with this series of films. So like um, five, six, seven, uh, well, certainly on an upward trajectory for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I when you said a big safe would only work on the big screen, I'm just imagining <laughs> sticking in the DVD and they're pulling along a little money box. <laughs> a little bank. The stunts get bigger and bigger, and obviously because there's this sort of genre of film is kind of known for being very CGI heavy. But whereas here in this in this series, I think this is going to sound really awful. Um, but it's one of the best things going for it is that a lot of the effects are kind of done in camera and there's very little cgi i mean like in, in this scene like the the chase scene with the, with the train for example um there's like one or two scenes where you can hardly tell um you know, i bet there's a ton of cgi but it's subtle but yeah no, there's loads exactly but it's done very well so mm-hmm. and, it, and it can complete what well, completely fooled my eye anyway but i just think it's you know it's this to the series credit that it's not the kind of cgi heavy disasters that it really could have easily been but um yeah say so this is my first time seeing the film in probably since release um but i had a good time with it really enjoyed it as i say no nutritional value um just check your brain at the door and, and enjoy it really but i think i especially enjoyed um the fact that how it's not all about the cars i mean there's a little bit of racing involved and it's good to kind of see um see them kind of bounce off each other um but yeah sort of the heist element the family element as well um and the fact that you've not got one villain but you've got two so it's double jeopardy mr bond um but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It's a good action film, and yeah, things are looking up. Yeah, I, I was, um, I, I, like I say, I mean, I've, I've already sort of hinted where I'm going with it. So far, I would. This is going to take some beating in this series. Becca's right on check your brain to some degree, but having said that, this is a reasonably smartly plotted film. Oh it's, yeah, no, it, it's a cohesive, coherent script. It all works I read, together. I, the only complaints I've ever heard about this film is it's too long, and I don't agree. I mean, the, the meat of the film's just over two hours, and that that's fine for what's in it. Um, there are a co- that, there, it does zip along. I found, like, despite the two-hour-plus long runtime, I didn't mm. kind of feel it dragged at all. Well, personally, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. it, it oh. moves at a rate of knots. It know? does. I mean, it, it's not quite as tight as last week, but it's a far better film. But yeah. I, I, although I'm not going to suddenly retcon what I said last week. I quite enjoyed last week. It was fine. But this is just... That was... That, that, that was... That was a little bit, I, I guess the best way to put it is last week was a little bit, I can't believe people think this is really bad. It's all right. Whereas this, I'm flat out saying I really like. Yeah. 
It's uh, I mean I mean you know there is like um, probably a reason you could say this is uh, longer because well you you have a bigger team this time and you got like you know you introduced uh, Roman and Taj and all that so you got more characters to uh, you know more yeah. interactions. I yes definitely and um, it does if if you compare it to the closest film in style which is probably the remade Ocean's Eleven this is like a high octane version of it. Mm-hmm. It's one or two things it does better, and there's a handful of things it does worse. Um, on the better side, it's very efficient at introducing the team. Yeah. Uh, there's a similar scene in um, there's a similar scene in in Ocean's Eleven where I think they're sat at the circus, and he's saying we need one of these and one of them, and and he's naming like actors and sports stars and things like that as an idea of what they want, and it's almost like a little Easter egg that mm. you can go and find out what that reference is referring to. Um, but it takes quite a while to get them all together. I mean, it's fairly quick fire, and I do like Ocean's Eleven, but here it's really quick. What it does worse is that there's a whole narrative build-up to how they're going to do this, and at the last minute they've got to go fuck this and just go for the sort of smash-and-grab version. Yeah. There, But it's the first time we've seen a bait-and-switch since, I think, probably the second film. In the In the climactic action sequence, you're not seeing quite what you thought you were seeing. Um, and the fun thing today for me was remembering that there was a switch. Yeah. Could, could I spot where it was? And I can. It's where Mia says you've got 10 clear seconds. Um, and we're shown that at the end, but I did spot it at the time. So you're right to say check your brain to a degree because they try and work out this intricate plot of how they're going to do it. And then they do, frankly, sort of abandon it. But they do give everyone something to do, even if it's fairly minor. Even in the climactic action sequence where you think you're missing a few of them, it turns out they were there doing bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, the interpersonal relationships are really good. You can see that they've actually they've done that little rejig on relationships now, and Taj, Tej and sort of um, Roman are going to be the comedy relief going forward. Um, Han is suddenly... I never saw this in Tokyo Drift, but Han is suddenly cool as fuck. He's uh, always been cool. Um, he was cool before it was cool. He was he was cool before there was a word. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, he is cool. Look it up in the dictionary. You'll see. Although it did make me laugh when they said we need someone who can blend in, and then they then they call like a far east Asian guy to South America. <laughs> I, I, um, I guess they, it's they have he's just so laid back. He's he's very kind of no, wild. I know, but it did make it did make me smile. But um, but yeah, I I, 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 I did I did love those things. Like we 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 need a mouth. Why? <laughs> Yeah, you haven't even laid out what the plan is yet. What I think they're saying is, when you look at Ocean's Eleven, I think Danny Ocean had already read up on how these things were like designed, and he's already gone right. We need. I, I think he already knows his plan before he gets them all in. I think here, Dom knows the sort of people he might need, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure he's worked the plan out. That's where the sort of disconnect to intelligence comes in if you like that oceans 11 is a much more smartly uh designed film than this in terms of its plot but this isn't a this is far from a stupid script um we've got we've had more problems in the weeks before we've got here last week was reasonably well scripted next week has a bit of padding in it we don't need and after that they get a bit big and over the top for me um, but this is yeah, this is the sweet spot. This is this is as good as you're going to do with this type of series. And I think, yeah, I I almost wish I'd I'd been on board since sort of 2009 and had gone in to this 
the first time knowing four well you know mm. what i mean and things like that but yeah it, it it's a good film it stands alone really really well there's several bits i laughed at because of the the general homoeroticism um <laughs> And it's kind of funny, and we'll get to all of that. And there's a couple of bits in the plot that I just laughed at. But again, I think it's just that very slight hint of snob in me. I did unreservedly, reservedly, really, really deeply enjoy this. So that's it, folks. They loved this film. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Becca, what do you think? Well, how did, what was your enjoyment? I can't really follow that. I think he's spoken for us all. <laughs> Sadly, I haven't really given it much thought. I'm, I'm trying to kind of do the deep dive, but I'm like, oh, I haven't gone much beyond the surface. Mm. Um, no, as I say, it's in terms of you know, it's it's compared with Inception, it is one of those films where you do have to these Fast and Furious series. I mean, it is very tightly plotted. I'm, I'm not saying you know, it's just it is a, you know, typical dumb action film. It does go beyond that. I think, especially considering from last week. Um, that is, you know, very, that you... very tightly plotted, and there's mm. lots of kind of A plots and B plots and C plots and D plots, you know, weaving their way through. Um, you know, I'm just saying it was just a you know typical dumb action movie because it's not, but it's kind of one of those, you know, compared to, oh no, no, again, to the realms of like highbrow and lowbrow cinema, oh dear, um, which I won't go into. No, this is playing <laughs> to a mixed ability group. This is not going to confuse the stupid, put it that way. No, exactly. So, but you know, that's that's what I mean. I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to do it a disservice like that. I mean, but at the same time, it's not, you know, going to touch you too much either, but it is, you know, it's very clever in what they do. Um, and you know I'm a big sucker for kind of in, in camera effects as well I mean obviously clever CGI is amazing um, but when you know it's CGI when it's obvious that does kind of pull it you know especially in modern, modern cinema today um, sorry I had a thing land on my elbow um, and so when it's done well um, and when it's done very cleanly um, I'm easily impressed by that um, so I was really you know impressed by this massive stunts and obviously now you know we seem to we have to kind of like each film has to outdo the, you know, the next one on the level of sheer awesomeness yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, had a really good time. Um, yeah, um, this trilogy, this was, you know, this kind of series of, of three films within the franchise so far. I'm definitely looking forward to. I think the that's the only thing I forgot to say actually, and that's that's something you've just hinted at. We're still at the stage in this series where topping what you've done before doesn't mean outrageously stupid. It just means like a little bit inventive. By the time you get into like, I mean, I quite liked it in eight where they had the automated cars, but they are running out of stuff. By the time you get to seven, they're parachuting in the cars. <laughs> um, It'll know, be Transformers next. Uh, you know, uh, the, it is getting to the point that like, you know, that joke about, you know, Fast and Furious in space. Now, <laughs> we'll get like that one day. everything is as in execution, because I think the Tom Cruise space product is probably Mission Impossible 8, I suspect. And if you ask me, can McHugh and Cruz put it off? Yeah, probably. But but the Bond series went into space and it was like, really? What are you doing that for? So um, it, at the moment, they're still top, they've still got room to outdo themselves. Whereas now, when they start a film going, how can we top what we did before? And it's like, well, I don't know fucking orgy on top of a fucking evil can evil's bike you know it's like they are running out of space to do that so that's another reason this is kind of in the sweet spot mm. it's before things get a bit too much mm. yeah yeah absolutely um and i think i think seven is kind of the tipping point 
Um, but we'll get there. I'm, I might feel differently about it this time. And I'm, uh, certainly anyone who's listening who's a fan of Seven, I don't think I'm going to insult your tastes when I get to it. It's just my memories of it were that like, okay, you're trying to top the last film, aren't you? And of course, with that film, a new director had come in as well. So I think he was trying to put his stamp on it as well. And, Those are kind of factors going yeah, on. Uh, well, this will speak to my broader film taste, to be honest, but fucking James Wan ain't no Justin Lee, Lin. Not, not for me. Um, although I, I'm aware he's got quite a fan base. Uh, but he was very hamstrung in what he did, but we'll get there. Anyway, Chris, sorry. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed um, this one. I think, I, think it's probably, I think it is probably justifiably the, the best in the series, um, just in terms of uh, it, it's just got everything. Uh, it, uh, I said before, it moves. I mean, our, our, our only doubt is open mind, isn't it? Yeah. We've all seen them all. And I, I can say now quite confidently it's the best, but I'm not going to watch next week's film with that in my head. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that, but um, it moves at a rate of knots. It's, it, you know, it, it, it never feels boring at all. You have, um, you have this kind of, you know, the, the first time, first time that the series starts to sort of like bulk up its star power, uh, you know, you have like the rock introduced in this one. And, he, and and he offers like a level of, uh, should we say, homerosome gravitas, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Because yeah, you know, but yeah, because you know, the Rock is magnetic. You know, he he, he is very, he, he, he's a great screen presence. The Rock, and he, 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 really he is. and he, you he know, really he, is. And I I think you know out of, you know, for now, for what I for what I remember and after watching this one, I think this is probably the best. Um, of Hobbs first time round because I do like the the idea of this like just no nonsense kind of kind of like military esque sort of DA guy. Just, and he's good. He's smart. He's not just muscle. Yeah, I mean, no, he's got a brain. Well, yeah, and there's and there's like you know there there's a little bit of point to him. You know, in terms of like him him as a you know. He's no nonsense, but he's very much straight down the line. It's like, no, they're criminals. I'm going to bring him in. Absolutely, you know, don't care. There's no, there's no uh, grey. There's black and white. It, and and this film, he kind of like learns. Well, there is a bit of grey. You know, you know, there's yeah. not like you know the. Yeah, he... I'm not sure. I found that super plausible at the end, but no, but you, okay, you, but you, yeah, but you can kind of say, okay, what well, they know. I think there's, he, uh, he lives by a code. Uh, you know, from like you know, working with law enforcement. His code, his code generally marries up to the letter and spirit of the law. Yeah, and but circumstances changed where his code didn't it, quite match. Yeah, exactly. To so what happened. Yeah. yeah, or it didn't match that situation. Yeah, right. it, yeah. It kind of like finds like well, you know, well, well, well. Dom, Dom and his crew. Yes, yes, they're criminals. They do also have a code. They're not just oh yeah. well, we're just out all out evil kind of thing. You know, uh, there, there mi- is <clears throat> mixed bag on the women in this because I thought um, Mia was better served than any film so far she's been yeah. in. Well, that's only two previous. Films. Better served film. Yeah, she's actually pretty well served in this comparatively. But there's two places I laughed about the depiction of women, and it not in a good way. I, I laughed because what are you going to do? I'm not going to cry about it, am I? But it were a couple of bits where I thought, oh fucking hell, that's really funny. But we'll get to that. But is, by and large, it's is it the um, the Gal Gadot and uh, getting the handprint? 
Or was that all? all... No. Okay. No. Um, oh. That was a bit... Yeah, I take your point. Yeah, I did sort of roll my eyes at that scene, but, but I thought, I well, thought, you I... know, she's going to use whatever she has at her disposal. Use what you've got. Yeah. Yeah. Bond's um, and... just the same. He seduces millions of women. Does he? Well, not millions, but you know what I mean. Fucking hell, where are these alternate cuts <laughs> where he's knobbing loads? <laughs> not millions, but a few. There's only one. There's only one love that means anything to him. Well, two, and it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Brian and Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tracy and anyway, so, yeah, on. yeah, we're going to be very, very positive about this film. I think. Shall yeah. we discuss this film sequentially? Yeah. The only thing I'll add is just how I'm actually quite impressed just how um, well the actual when the team do arrive, how well it all just matches up. Considering that it's just, I oh, will just grab uh, everyone else from all the other films. So you got like you know even like Fast Two, which you think they just politely ignore. They're like, no, no, we're going to bring like you know Ro- Roman and Taj, and then we'll bring. I, 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 did, I yeah, I had an existential crisis on that because Brian was Kelvin Universe Brian in Two Fast <laughs> Fury, <laughs> but it was the first appearance of the other two. So were they prime? And now this is the Kelvin Universe version of them. I, I don't know. That. I thought about that when Roman was in that place like bullshit in the guy behind the counter. <laughs> yeah. I thought, is this Kelvin or Prime? <laughs> Prime, I suppose you wouldn't swap universes. But I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, no, they all fit really well. And they're kind of almost in their final configuration. We will add people and we mm. will lose people like Gina Carano's in next week's film. Mm, uh, we've got that lady with the exact same skill set as Tej who joins in the seventh, I think it is. Um uh, we've got a bad guy who turns good later, mm. um, but by and large, this is the nucleus of the main team. We lose the uh, we lose the two after the first scene. Um, or do we? Or do they come back? No, sorry, they're not. He comes back from the dead. Uh, no, because he was alive last week. If you're on about Han, no. Who are you on about? Well, not not really back from the dead, but um, Letty, kind of ish. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, yeah. We'll get. Spoiler alert. Well, anyone who's seen any of the series, yeah, we'll know. <laughs> yeah, um, we we find out it is post. It is well, they described it as a mid-credit sequence, but it's literally as it starts. So you wouldn't have got out of the cinema before seeing it, so you won't mm. have missed it. The very end of the film, we find. I out think I did, you know, first time round when I saw it. You must have fucking. What did you do? Sprint? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, with the credits go up, go right, that's it. I'm, I'm done. And then like, then, then this trend of like, uh, like, of films always having like a end of credits thing just came out, and it's like, oh fucking hell, do I have oh, to wait I, here I, now or? I've missed one in this series, um, but no, I, I, this popped up before I could do anything about it. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, um, I mean, obviously, I knew Letty was alive because the first film I saw was six and. The films are now linking into each other, which adds to the slight soap operatic feel, but it also does make it like a cohesive collection now. Five, four runs yeah, into five. Yeah, we can the series, isn't it? I think. Yeah, well, I think six runs into seven. I can't really remember now, but certainly four, five, mm-hmm. and six run together. Um, and, and there are carry-ons, and I mean, there's a couple of ludicrous things in a in a in a couple of weeks' time when we get to. Well, for those who haven't seen it. We're going to get sort of a baby parentage issue in about three weeks' time 
where you just go, that doesn't work in the timeline. When was that person ever pregnant? <laughs> but um, there we go. We'll get to it. As for st- as for this film sequentially, we start with the final scene of Fast Four. Yeah, so basically where they uh, they're driving up to the, uh, the the prison bus, essentially, and I I, I like I like the the way of um, of uh, getting Dom out by crashing. The... <laughs> uh, get, get... I think it's quite ballsy to kill him in a massive coach crash <laughs> and end the film at one minute and fifty nine seconds. But but it's just how they do it. Just basically just to go Brian just just breaking his car a bit and then just. just just slamming the brakes and hitting, hitting and rear-ending the bus, and he just flips over like a you. Well, what happened is Mia, who's driving one of the cars, sprints ahead of this coach, mm-hmm. turns the car around, races down the opposite side of the road, and at the last minute, turns onto the well, not at the last minute, late enough that the coach can see it and avoid it, but. Mm-hmm not with plenty of time to correct yourself. It yeah. veers into the lane of the coach. The coach then veers out, is rocking slightly, and as it veers back, he um, breaks the car. So that not only is the coach not head-on, mm-hmm. it's it's off at an angle, but it's un, it's unweighted as well. So it's quite clever in that yeah. regard. But the, the number of flips, I'm thinking, what, and they're all right in that coach, are they? <laughs> and it's like, how do they get him out? What about the other crim- criminals? Is there no one on the coach that's equally as miraculously unharmed who's guarding them unarmed? I was like, I, I, I was half expecting to, to show just Dom just like single-handedly just walk out on his own, no one else, just dust himself off, go like, what took you so long? I'm glad we didn't do that. But it was just like, the, the, the scale of this accident, there's a few in the first five minutes of this film where you think, well, that would kill you. Hmm. Um you would certainly be at very least hospitalized. Yeah. Yes, at very least. It's an incredible accident. We don't see the aftermath, but we just know we go to like a news montage now, don't we? Yeah, just, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, just to basically sort of like saying like you know, we're basically filling in stuff you already know, like, oh uh, oh he he the uh, you know, Toretto escaped, uh, no encompasses, you know, uh Brian O'Connor and and and, he, and whoever. Um and then you basically see uh, Brian and Rio arrive at Rio de Janeiro, and yeah, uh, and immediately the film's beautiful. Yeah, it's got a lovely colour palette to it. I mean, part of that's made easy by where they are, but it, it is a very very attractive film. This and they meet up with Vince, who was in the first film and a bit of an antagonist. Yeah, in the yeah. first film, he was one of Dom's crew, but he fell out over Mia. Um, really, mm. he was the one that got his arm stuck. In and, the action sequence at the end of the film, I know he noticed today, but he, he had like he still um, the details that he actually had scars around his arm. I didn't notice. Yeah, he actually there were sort of like lots of like sort of cuts around the side of us where the wire was. Right. Okay. No, I didn't notice that. Um, yeah. Well spotted. But I think my eyes were going everywhere yeah. during this scene because there was just you know the favelas have got so much like going on, so much detail. Mm. And, but yeah, they've turned up there because they're now on the run. And they've got no money, so they're immediately given word of a job to steal cars from a train. And I'd sort of conflated the first two action sequences of this film. I couldn't remember it started with them springing Dom. I thought it started with this sequence and Dom finds them. Uh, Obviously, I knew different by the time we got here this week. week, But when when I saw 
the start of five last week. And I did the same this week, actually. I watched the start of six, but literally just the start. Mm. There's something about these that I am wanting to move, go forward with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, as they go off to start doing this job, Vince is outside and the car pulls up. Now, it's meant to be a surprise in a couple of minutes when Dom turns up on, on that train, but that was obvious from the car to me. That was Dom. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be anyone else, though, is it? I mean... No, not in, not in that design of car. But I, um... It's like, you know, it's like, well, the, even though Dallas before was like, oh, where, where's Dom? Oh, well, you know, we're still waiting for him. <laughs> so it's like, I think he turns up, it's like, oh, well. Yeah. But it's just a reveal when you see him walk out of the sunlight on the train. Mm. Pulling his, like, I'm really hard look as well, which is <laughs> what he does. Yeah. So what have that's they got just, to do? I just look normally. That's just how he look, normally looks. Yeah. What have they got to do? They've got to steal three cars from a pass- from a freight carriage on a train. Yeah. That's a mixture of freight and passengers. Few things about this sequence reminded me of Skyfall, and one of them was the train not stopping when all this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and even when the truck is on fire and like tips the train yeah. a bit later on, they still just carry on like everything's all right. <laughs> Do you remember that at the start of Skyfall where they ripped the whole back of the train off and the passengers yeah. just sat yeah. there like, you just have to go, right? huh? Well, they've got, no, a, schedule, they got a schedule yeah, to keep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Got a tight schedule. They can't stop for any, any, anything no. like that. Suits his cuffs. Mm. The only other thing is I, I kind of overthought this. We're going to find out that what they're trying to do here is a bit of a red herring for picking up one car, which is a Ford GT40 or whatever they're called. Um... And it's got a chip in it that has all of the details of the main antagonists of the films, uh, business empire, illegal business empire, and the location of all his money, mm. which is explained quite efficiently by Gal later. Um, and I think he was going to buy that chip, but who had that chip? Why was it in the car? Was it going to be used to blackmail him? I'm a bit confused as to how this whole situation's arisen. It, full stop. Mm. What I mean, like, why how the car got got in the in the train in the first place, kind of thing. Why is it in there? Why is there a chip in it? Why is he buying that chip? It was someone going to blackmail with him in with it. With it? I think because it was it was under was it like obviously DA wasn't it? And I think I think what happened is. Do you think that's one of his cars in the first place? Yeah, I think it was something that he stored there to to keep safe, or something, or something along those lines. And it right, happened okay. to be in DA, and he just basically it, it, they want it it's back. It's not that it's implausible. It's not that we've been told something that doesn't make sense. It's that we haven't been told. Yeah, and you could look at it and go, "Don't matter." How the hell did that work? Right, that's a plausible enough explanation. So fair enough. So Mia and Brian are sat on the train, and they're talking about finding somewhere where there's no extradition. Uh, and then they get the nod that it's time to go through and basically start stealing. Mm. So, uh, what they're going to do? Cut a cut a hole in the side of the train, hoist these cars out onto a truck, and then back them off them. Yeah, like a low loader, like a transporter type thing. Okay. And it becomes very clear, very um, clear immediately that one of the guys they're working with, who I like to call Latino Goldie, um, <laughs> is a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah, Latino Goldie, because I can't remember his real name, and he looks like Goldie in a wig with a bit of fake tan on, and not gold teeth. Um, <laughs> what, Mr. Bullion? Wants, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from Bullseye. He was. He, he does facially. He, he, he looked, you know, like when you watch Top Gear and they, they say it's the Stig's African cousin and, and a guy will walk out and it's the Stig, but he's wearing like something out of tight fit. Well, it's like that. It's like Goldie's Latino cousin. I mean, can, can we just pause for a second? I mean, just think, you know, why, why do they think it was a good idea to cast Goldie as a, as a henchman in a bad, in a Bond film? I've, because he no. blends into a crowd, Chris. <laughs> I mean, can you, uh, imagine, can you, can you imagine, can you imagine them doing that shit today? Like, getting, like, I don't know. Like... Surely wouldn't do it today. He'd be like, nah. No, thanks. Can you, can you yeah. imagine, imagine, like, you know, sort of like, you know, the, the, them casting uh, you know, Dappy or something like that is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I mean, they still stunt cast, but their stunt casting's got better. It's just lazy. It's just as lazy who won an Oscar two years ago in the supporting actor role, so we can, you know. But, yeah, they've, they've stopped this, that business. Yeah, definitely. I can't imagine just who's hot right now as a henchman particularly, but unless it... Yeah, somebody who's not really from the acting community in the same way. Mm. But, yeah, his Latino cousin... Uh, is only interested in the Ford and it's because of this chip and when they pull it's good, it's very good timing on the camera work because as they rip the side of that off they've all got a duck and they actually do that with split second timing and Dom walks in Dom is uh, part of the job as well yeah and it becomes a bit of a fight because he realises they only want the Ford so he thinks something's up here and so he puts Mia in it. And of mm. course, he says, change of plan, meet up later, basically. And so she doesn't go where they think she's supposed to go. And so they immediately but, what, what, smell how, a rat comes to fight. How they know that, I don't know, because they're in the middle of a fucking desert somewhere. Like, so, And she's like driving off in the other direction. Maybe, like... uh, well, it's possible, I suppose, that they were supposed to stay with the tra- alongside the transporter and then yeah. head off together in formation. That's the way I read it. She she got in, she immediately legs it, mm. and I, I I would imagine that's not the plan. Um, but this is a really well done sequence. It, it was a sequence mm. when I three two or three years on from having seen any Fast and Furious films, this was like the the sequence I thought of first. Yeah, because it's it, uh, it, it's quite a solid action scene. You know, it's quite it's quite yeah, fast paced and it, it's tense and it's got a variant on the ticking clock and. And we're only ten minutes in the film, and this is our second major action sequence. Yeah. Even though one is just a replay of the last film. Yeah, um, yeah, and it basically it ends up with Brian on the truck fighting some guy with fuel leaking and a fire starting. Dom fighting the other guy, and the the key thing that happens here is there's some DEA agents there, and Latino Goldie shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> so shoots them, uh, which they later say will push them up the most wanted list because they will assume that's Storm and Brian. Yeah. Um, so that's directly why the Rock is sent to like Rio to chase them. Um, but yeah, I thought the other thing that made me thought was, think of Skyfall was how far. I mean, first off, he's died in the coach crash, and having miraculously been like revived after that, they now fall far enough that you would die. I think. Yeah, but there you go. But you know, it's okay because they kind of like jumped off a flying car. So yeah, it was all right. And again, it's just the the 
the way the action's designed always just sells the trust trust mm. between them perfectly. Like Brian knows Dom's got him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And of course they have to keep driving because the fire the truck on fire is bouncing after them. So it's really well choreographed. You've got to give credit to Justin Lim for his work here. Oh, sure, of course. But again, it's whipping along because immediately now they're captured for about a minute. <laughs> yeah, so they're captured just so we could be introduced to like the, the bad the guy. Bad. Yeah. Um, I recognise this actor. Tell me about this actor. He was in Desperado. He was a bad he guy in Desperado. Of course uh, he was. He's been he's been he's played bad guys in other stuff before. Um, I think so, yeah, he was kind of doing this film. He kind of thought, oh, is he going to be a bit stereo, you know, stereotyped, pigeonholed? But nope. Yeah, no, I'm just looking. I've seen him in quite a few things. He was uh, one of the Salazars in Twenty Four. Yes, season of that. Mm. that was season mm. three, by the look of it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So that, that that that's the one with that really quality actor, Chase, the guy who played Chase. You know. The one that was all right, says the Guardian. Uh, that was that series. Uh, okay, yeah, I've seen him in a few things. He's certainly very, very uh, recognisable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he usually plays bad guys in in um, in kind of action films. He was in Clear and Desert, uh, Present Danger as well. He was like the the main bad guy in that. Right. Okay. Yeah, he's born to do that, really. He's he's born to be some drug trafficker or something yeah. in these films. Uh, okay, so they're going to be interrogated about the car and all the rest of it, and they manage to escape. Do we yeah. want to say any more than that? Yeah, it was just pretty much like, and she's the bad guy. And... Have, have, we already, have we already met him? We do meet him where he's talking to business associates and talking about how uh, Brazil, Brazil became Portuguese. Yeah. He was talking about how the Spanish sort of came in as conquerors because obviously mm. a lot of South America is Spanish speaking, Spanish, you know. Um, and he was saying that the Spanish sort of tried to fight their way in, whereas the Portuguese came in and flattered us and gave us things. Yeah. And hence we're now Portuguese. And he said that's very much his idea that he's got people in the favelas because he's he's been generous to them which is an immediate worry that we're going to know where these guys are because that's where Dom is mm. okay so, yeah so um, yeah so I think we have that then, he's, then we sort of see him like sort of like talk to like, Dom O'Brien while they're chained up and they both escape um, and yeah so they go back they go back to the, the hideout or whatever um, it's sort of Say that they are they are going to be um, back. Uh, going to be uh, basically well, Vin- looking for him. Yeah, the first thing is, that, yeah, that's the conversation about we've just gone up the most wanted list. Mm-hmm. They're going to send their best. So and again, they fig- and they figure very, out very basic plotting one hundred and one that we've been introduced that the guy that's going to come to get them is exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vince is immediately. Brian smells a rat instantly. Vince defends himself. Dom believes Vince for now, but he keeps an eye on him. And we see Vince remove the chip yeah. so, on the car. So we know that he was in on this as a separate sale to Reyes. Yeah. So Vince is kicked out, basically, at this stage. How are you with all this, Becca, so far? Yeah, definitely. Loving it all the way, for sure. 
it does it, it zips along at you know a pace at a rate of knots um but it kind of it gives you time like all the character beats are still there so even though it does whip along um you're kind of not left behind um although yeah the bit with the chip and the car i was a little bit like huh but <laughs> but apart from that yeah all the kind of like character beats all the character yeah. beats are there so yeah, I mean, we're immediately, you know, we, we can just feel the relationships that are there. And obviously we'll go a bit further with that as the film goes on. I think the next thing is um, Luke Hobbs arriving. Yeah, the baby all turns up. He literally, he sweats his way through this film. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned previously there's that, that there's that video of literally him and all you can hear is like, <laughs> squeaky time. Yeah, he turns up. But literally, I mean, he, he looks really good. I mean, here's the business. I mean, you kind of really don't, you don't want to mess you know, you don't want to cross wires with this guy. But he does... I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because he's so stacked. But literally, he just sweats his way through this film. But how efficient, I believe it. How efficient is the character work? Oh. He, he comes off the plane. It's immediately, I need this, 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 and this. Yeah, bang, bang, bang. And I want this person. And I need you to stay out of my way. The person he picks, when we next see him, the very next time we see him, she asks why he picked her. And he tells her exactly why, and it tells you his attention to detail. Exactly. Uh, we also good. get we also get they're just names that come our way, and we just go and get them. That's all I care about. Mm. All of that is communicated in about his first four minutes of screen time. Yeah, it's very efficient, isn't Across it? It's, it's literally kind of show don't tell, and that's the best you know excuse or best example of it. I even like little sort of like quirks in the dialogue, like you know you know I like my dessert first. Yeah. Do you want good or bad news? Yeah. In other words, give me the good news first. Yeah. He's like, you know, I want dessert first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I can't remember where exactly we go from that. Uh, well, okay, so we have. Um, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, so we get, basically, yeah, Vince has gone back. Um, yeah, we sort of. It's zipping along because we, we go to go through, like, uh, Reigns. Uh, the scene basically, like, they, they find out where they are. Um, and then, you know, and uh, Hobbs is like uh, inspecting the train. You know, it's where right, Emily comes in. They find him. They manage to use soft software that can sort of reconstruct mm. faces from beneath disguises, mm-hmm. and so hence they find where uh, they find they find that it's like Dom and all that lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And okay. So they the... head to the favela to arrest them, but Reyes's guys turn up at the same time. Yes. Uh, this is like the same time when they're just sort of like you know looking at the chip and they find out it's a like schedule of shipments. Yeah, and that's really efficiently explained by Gal in a bit. Mm. Um, just as a throwaway remark, it's fairly well explained here, but if you don't get it, in one sentence she explains it later. She says, um, it, it, what is it? If it isn't she said, "What is it?" She says something like, "If it's cash, it will be cash houses." Yeah. Or if they, or if it's not, if it's not in accounts, it will be cash houses. And so basically, um, Brian has already explained that they weigh money when it's in that sort of size because they don't want to have to count it. And he tells you the weight. That weight is equivalent to ten million dollars because forty-nine kilos of money is in one place mm-hmm. and there's 10 of them around the city so there's a hundred million dollars around the city maybe 110 because they burn 10 don't they but yeah and they go to basically they go they, they go to one location show their faces burn the money 
and what they're trying to prompt mm. them to do is move it to one lo- or to one location. Yeah, but that's... because it's clear they know where yeah. it is. But uh, yeah, that that's a bit further on. So, uh... okay. but yeah, Hobbs is yeah. So right, Hob basically everyone's there to get him, and there's a big bit of a shootout. Um, you know, they obviously they they get away. Um, and 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 I, and I just love like the the henchman of it because like I'm surprised how he's still alive throughout the movie because every time he goes to sort of like get Dom and the crew he fucks yeah. up and probably comes out on his own I'm just thinking like, and he's, how he's fucking incompetent are you? yeah he's in the middle of a firefight and then at the end everyone's dead and he's just stood there going door <laughs> and, and you know like... I, and you and you see you see like the, the main bad guy sort of like kill someone for insubordinate or being like incompetent and you just think how are you still here like yeah. yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah one job. That's the thing. So the guy that, yeah, they, um, the like, guy every time he, he money, goes to do something, he fucks up or he fails. Yeah, he literally the the bad guy literally brained the guy that was there when Vin burned the money. Mm. So yeah, literally just grabbed the heaviest thing in his office and just smacked smashed his head in with it. So yeah, the, but this guy keeps going back and going. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, oh, you either come back and oh, like Mr. they got away. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but you actually had him in the truck, yeah. You know, you... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, so they, yeah, they get away. Uh, Dom, Mia, and uh, I think he said Letty and Brian. Yeah, I was thinking of Brian's. You know, the big love of Dom's life, and I thought <laughs> uh, Brian in it. They meet up, and there's something about the way they hug each other that I find kind of sweet. It yeah. is kind of, um, he wants them to split up because they're going to be searched, him being Don. And she announces she's pregnant. And don't be happy is Brian's. <laughs> yeah, this is hinted at before because um, Vince's uh, wife sort of, sort of says, you know, well, does he know? She's, she's a bit sick as well, isn't she? Mm. But this is the first time she said it out loud and Brian's learning mm. for the first time. And then Vin has to watch the two of them kiss, which must be like a dagger through his heart. <laughs> <laughs> and they do, they decide they're going to stay together because uh, he, yeah, you know, just the whole loyalty mm-hmm. family thing, which is starting to be ramped up now. So now they the only thing they realise is well the other the other mm-hmm. option is to steal this money. And um, but we need a team. Yeah. Right. Call up IMDb, who's been in the other ones of these. <laughs> say. Yeah, so we so we need a chameleon, Han. Okay, we right. need a we, we yeah, need a fa- we, we need a fast talker, which you kind of think like you know talk his way out of stuff. Like, okay, fine, Roman. Good well, no, that's it. fine. That, that's fine. That's how he is all the yeah. way through the rest of the series. Uh, so, um, someone who's good with circuits, the tech guy, or Taj. So you need basically the computer programmer. The equivalent in Ocean's Eleven was the one that gets lost in that corridor and hooks into the the mm-hmm. the um. Uh, cameras so yeah that's Tej because they want to bring back Ludacris because that's not how Tej was in the second film but they've just grafted this skill set onto him slightly haven't they yeah no I mean he he plays much the same as a screen presence and the fact that he didn't do it in the second film doesn't mean he couldn't have but obviously it is like who do we think would play nice together okay well what's Tej's role going to be in this right he's our computer guy he was running street races before, but he's now their computer guy and quality mechanic. 
Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's probably the mechanic angle that he could have, like, yeah, he, he's probably he's probably you know knows this stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, um, what else do they? They have like the ones who who will bust through walls. And you, you don't even sort of like see. You just see like the the poor Ryuka guys are, like walking walking away with the with the bus. Yeah. And the then, then someone who's willing to go the extra mile, and you see a bike, and that's Gal. So yeah. Uh, is that it? Have we covered everybody? Yeah, that's the that's the team. So they all. Um... So we've got Tej, Roman, Giselle, Han. The two I can never think of the names of the two foreign speakers mm-hmm. who were never in it after this film. Uh, no, they're kind of more like um, com- not comic relief foremost, but kind of a little bit, you know, provide yeah. a little bit of light relief. Shall we say? Yeah, which you don't and they're think. always arguing, always fighting. They must be reassessing all the time. Uh, and once you see Tej and Roman together in this film, you you must think we don't need those two. Yeah, I, I just I think it's very odd because now we've got Tej and Roman back, you don't kind of need another set of these sort of characters but again it's just a bit of like relief and it kind of just fleshes out the team more really doesn't it i think uh, i'm all for lo- I-, I agree i'm all for loyalty mm. and you know the whole we'll do anything for each other things but they turn up right largely as wanted men as well um they turn up and then are told what the job is they've flown halfway across the world you know what i mean yeah, um, that was a bit like. So, what we here for? And it's like, what he didn't say at all. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you want just to steal a just... hundred million. All oh, right, right. Mm. You know, could have been anything. Hey, the photos have been developed from our last holiday. I just thought I'd bring you here for the snaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... so let's watch this uh, carousel. Yeah, I just thought the weather was lovely here. I thought you'd like it. <laughs> Sunny, very hot. Uh, so no, they, they, they've got to basically sign the rest of their lives away to join in the events of this film. But they're in anyway. Um, and then we go into sort of yeah. So then we're we're well into the second act now, which is all about the sort of planning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're basically sort of like this way that say so they're talking about like you know the stuff about the money and what they do. So they're like so they've basically got like money scattered all around the city. So it says yeah. like well. How we, how we, how are we going to do? As soon as we do one, the scoot is going to go up, and, he, and they sort of like you know well, exactly. So they they basically sort of rob rob one place, but instead of doing that, just like burn the money with the idea that they're all going to sort of put it in one big secure location. Yes, makes sense because yeah. they know that chip's gone, and they know they know the location of all of them. You can't just move one. Or you can't swap them with each other because mm. ten million is ten million. So the, that bit of the plot actually makes sense, and they start breaking down what they need to do, don't they? So first off, it's tracking mm. all of the money. So they go to different locations, different people are tracking, different members of the crew are tracking it in different ways. Tej is up on like a very high rise building, watching down on them. Gal's following another lot on a bike. Dom and uh, Brian are both in cars following them that sort of thing isn't it and mm. then it turns up they're going to the most secure bank in the city yeah the police yeah <laughs> well the most secure vault sorry, yeah. police. i meant vault not bank sorry yes but yes the police which is just uh and they're immediately like well that's that then um they yeah they're not keen on this as an no. idea but so, the, but you know, but obviously Dom's not phased because he's like, well, you know, 
nothing nothing's changed nothing's over till it's over <laughs> so the first thing they isn't the first thing they do well they get a map of the the plans of the building mm. and they have to get they need to know what cameras are in there they so they send in the two spanish guys to well basically they arrange an explosion in the toilets so they can shut the toilets off pose as workmen and get into the sort of camera circuits that are behind the wall because mm-hmm. they've got plans of the building and they know that they need to know where the cameras are what the layout of the building is so they can replicate it in their little sort of wherever it is they're staying it's almost like a disused car park they're in and they need to get into the vault to find out what make and model it is so they go in and do that Roman goes in and fast talks to drop off yeah, evidence, so to speak, which they'll take into the room, and it's a remote-controlled car with a camera on it, which Tez, Tej then operates. Tej is going to have to break into the thing. Part of the security is numbers and all the rest of it, which he'll have to crack. The other bit is a handprint, which Giselle and Hand go to get, don't they? Yeah. By getting herself touched up, basically. And uh, and Brian and Dom uh, go to get some cars. Because because of the cameras, they try and have to sort of like try and. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. So they immediately go off to a street race, don't they, to start mm. with? Now this is the bit. This is like they visited the set of the first film. Yeah. Because the first thing we see is slow motion women's asses swaying. <laughs> this was a bit like, oh come on, you've you've grown past this, surely. I mean, I love women's asses as it goes, but like it was just a bit like, yeah put in a few more hard yards with the female characters of your film before you go back to this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can hardly say I was offended by it, but I did kind of like laugh out loud because I'd forgotten it. I thought, oh, we're back in Zion. I mean, uh, so I mean, we do we do have like you do have better with the female characters this time around because you do have like Elena as well. That's better, yeah, yeah, but it is better. I mean, I say there were two places I laughed at the depiction of women. This is one of them. Um, and every street race they ever enter, they win easily. We don't even see the race. They just win cars. Mm. And they keep, every time you see this driving sequence that we're about to go to, it's a different car. So they have to keep going out and winning cars. And none of them are doing the job. And we get a montage of different, they've got to beat, they've got a 10 second window to beat three cameras, is it? Mm-hmm. And there's a tight turn and a hairpin. And they all have a go, and they all have a go in different cars. Starts off with Brian, because he's considered... I don't know if he's considered the best of them. Him and Dom are considered the best of them. Uh, But you see all of them in the cars at one stage, and none of them can do it. Mm. So they said, we need an invisible car, so they steal police cars instead. Because no one's surprised to see police cars. So that's it for kind of the plotting, isn't it? Yeah. They're basically going to drive in try to avoid the cameras, bust the safe, steal the money. That's the original plan. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you have... Um, they they find out that the, the, the DA tracking him is Hobbs, so um, they decide to um, confront him to a bit. So they sort of... They obviously, know their part, the, the street racing scene, so they all have their yeah. back. Yeah, um, he's being partnered. The one he asked for is Mrs. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. And Looking rather from... dishy, I must say. 
she's from the area. Well, if you're into uniforms, you got it because she's walking around in kind yeah. of a fairly low cut police cut top all the way through. But she's um, there's some tension, sexual tension between her and Dom. When they're running away in the favela earlier in the film, they have a moment, don't they? And she gets yeah. hold of uh, the uh, the sort of cross and chain, which is the sort of symbol of him and Letty's relationship. And that will come back later in the film and next week and in later films, actually. Um, but they, they the beginnings of it is here. There's some sexual tension between the two. And there's sexual tension very early on between Han and Giselle as well. Yeah. He's uh, like, hey, she's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they also like sort of uh, point out that she was ex-military for Mossad as well, which is uh, which is what um, what Gal Gadot was. Uh, was. She yeah. well because the national service is a thing over there, so she yeah. had to take two years. So yeah, she did two years in the Israeli army. Um, because they have to. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. It's part of being a citizen over there, I believe. Uh, what from then? I think we yeah. So uh, Taj puts a tracker on Hobbs as well. Uh, Dom get goes back to get his necklace. Yeah. Uh, which you know give, gives a bit of a you know, romantic tension between the two. You know. Yeah. He's got romantic tension with almost everybody though. Yes. Sexual <laughs> uh, tension I mean, all over he, the place. He, he is just a walking sex panther in this film. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. Yes. Sex panther. Stings the nostrils. He is. He's he's a love albatross. But there, there, yeah, there's there was a bit. Obviously, there was a bit of awkward with like when Roman came on. It's just like, yeah, I've heard about you. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, obviously, yeah. you know, doesn't want to sort of doesn't like meeting Brian uh, Brian's former exes. You know, I know. It's like, yeah, you, you were doing my dude, weren't you? <laughs> Keeping well, it warm for and, me. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and do this music guy over here. <laughs> And, and, uh, uh, and then I'm going to overcompensate for the rest of the series by cracking onto every woman I ever meet. <laughs> so, yeah. Be... I was about to say these films would be very different if I wrote them, but actually they wouldn't be. They'd just be a bit more graphic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because it's hardly subtext yet at the moment, is it? The subtext becomes text. Um... Yes. It really does. <laughs> so... Uh, that were a right good shackle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be hard to sit down for a few days. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Fantastic walk, work with it. the penis. <laughs> you really handled sure. my throttle. Right, so what next? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, to the uh, yeah, so they they grab police cars, um... which we think doesn't become a thing, mm. and it does. So th- th- even where they they're forced to change their plan late, um, it's still not necessarily a thing. So Reyes knows Reyes is after them. Mia's uh, uh, at a market, and then uh, obviously meant the main show turns up. up. Yeah, yeah, Vince spots it before Mia, and the audience spots it. Um, she's about to be uh, captured by Reyes's men. Vince saves them, so he's cut in on the deal, which would have been eleven Don't... million each. So add yeah. another one, it's like ten million each or whatever. So do you think this? Was oh, kept... the race, the race over the police cars. I forgot that bit as well. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Actually, that was cheesily quite nice. 
because I spotted, I've seen the film before, but I'd forgotten so much about it. And the moment they bet a million dollars, I thought Dom's going to throw this as like a family present yeah. to Brian because he's becoming a dad. And that's exactly what happens. Although Dom won't admit it. Mm. So, yeah, they have a little drag race for a million dollars of each other's money, which they haven't got yet, but they will have. So it's Tej, Roman, Brian and Dom. Uh, Brian wins at the last second over Dom. Uh, but they always pull the punches on who's the best driver. Uh, when we get to eight, I think we'll we'll talk a little bit about sort of the contractual and behind the scenes stuff on this series, because I think they've all got massive egos that don't want to get beaten. And we see a hint of it when... Um, because in a minute, Luke's going to turn up to arrest Dom. Mm. And the fight, I just remember thinking, well, there's their contractually obliged, almost indistinguishable in talent <laughs> fight. And the kiss at the end. I mean, where, where he, it's like, well, let's call it a draw. Kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm only surprised Dom was sort of on top at the very, very end. They must have argued over that because I actually thought it was going to end with them literally lying next to each other because one of them, neither would admit the other having the open, open hand but you look at how the, the fight sways back and forth yeah and we hear that Vin Diesel contractually won't lose fights and things like that and he, and he even got his sister scoring different elements of fights so that it was always a draw so a, a kick is worth this much a punch is worth this much drawing blood is worth that much oh wow um yeah, it's worth Googling, and, and I will before we do Fast 8, I think it was, because uh, Vin and Dwayne fell out on that film, and hence Vin is not in 9. We may find that some kind of media invention later on, but I don't think so. I think unless they're doing it deliberately for some sort of long play plotting thing for him to come back in 10, I think they genuinely fell out, and it was Dwayne being pissed off with Vin's ego and behaviour on set. And you've just got these testosterone-fueled men who can't lose races and can't lose fights mm. now. So they have to be choreographed so they're pretty much awash. And their fight is that, although it does finish with Dom on top, but I suppose he's more powerful as a producer at this point than Diesel. I, I, I mean, I, the only thing I will say uh, to add to that, in, in terms of the story, because uh, Hobbs does make reference to, to uh, Toretto as... As what he, you know, did when he was younger, you know, like sort of like, you know, beat a guy with a, a, a whatever, whatever it was. It was a yeah. Um, oh well, we I, do get some father and son stuff. We get, yeah. we get the prefiguring of them praying outside the house. Well, we got it in the first film, didn't we? But mm. where the sort of family prayers came from, the yeah. going to church, and his love of family, and the, him and Brian have a, a sort of talk about fathers, mm. don't they? You know. But um, yeah, so Hobbs make yeah uh, Hobbs makes a sort of like like in terms of like always oh, snub criminal, and you can and this kind of is like a throwback to that story of him beating a guy to death or or beating a guy like yeah you know uh, quite quite severely where he's on top of him yeah. with top of Hobbs with the the well, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what we call it, like spat and then doesn't do it to wrench or something yeah isn't it? yeah so. Um, so you know there is an argument. And he said, "Gunpoint, me is screaming at him to yeah. stop uh, because he's, he's he's someone's got a gun on him, one of Hobbs' team." Um, so it, it, it is like it, you know there is an argument to say this is a callback to that 
Okay. And so, yeah, it does... It's uh, not bad. It's yeah. just that little micro-knowledge of the fact that all these things oh, yeah. are choreographed so they all look good, which is it, it is going to get in the way of storytelling. If it hasn't already, then it will. Mm. Because you have to have conflict, and conflict has winners and losers. Um, but at this stage, uh, Dwayne Johnson's only just joined the series. Vin Diesel's a producer on this film. He's certainly a producer on the next one. I think mm. he's one on this as well. Um... I don't know. What did you think of this, Mecca? The fights and it was a bit. What made me laugh about it, I must say, is how quickly Vin Diesel healed after this. Yeah, I was amazed by his healing powers. I thought, wow, he's going to take that beating. I know <laughs> he, he was bloody and bruised, and just after the gunfight that follows, he's nearly all right. And the next day, he's completely healed. He's perfect. I think maybe he's from like the X Men universe or something like that. Obviously, because the films are released concurrently. Um, yeah, maybe he's maybe he's actually from the Marvel universe and is actually a superhero. Yeah. I would like to have his healing power. How does he do it? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's you know in a movie where you've got Vin Diesel and The Rock. I think it must be written in in their in their contract somewhere that they must have a huge fight scene where there's a cut scene where they kiss at the end. Um, but no, I mean it's it's pretty much it's very typical of their sort of careers. You know, it's really um, yeah. I, I don't want to say this without being really really, <laughs> but. It's, it's kind of it's very macho, quite like macho kind of men, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's very like testosterone fuel for sure. But you kind of think if you've got those two characters, they're both very similar, you same sort of size, and you, you know, there's only one way to, you know, to really kind of put aside any of the differences, and that's just literally let them have them, have them at it essentially. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've got very little problems, with you know, with this film. So I mean, maybe a little bit too long, but as I say, the the runtime, you know, is is adequate throughout it's it's not kind of dragged in any way but yeah i'm just enjoying it up to here really I, to be honest I just find it time funny. You, you, you see the first scene of the film well, not the first scene of the film but when don steps onto the train earlier in the film he's walking with his like muscles all fucking like flexed oh, good. Uh, and, and and he they're both like this when whenever like vin and Dwayne encounter each other in these films they're kind of they're putting on that sort of macho pose that just reminds me of, each other up it's like when rocky walks to the center of the ring in rocky four and he's got like his muscles tensed and flexing his pants <laughs> and stuff. It's all a little bit over the top. It's good fun, but yeah, they're they're basically under arrest. They're about to be taken back to America, so they head down the street in. Well, thankfully, Dwayne has, uh, drives around in a bulletproof vehicle, <laughs> but none of his like I'd like one of those. Uh, none of his staff do. Just him. In yeah, the they area. just dri- they just drive regular cars. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and and the the bulletproof one doesn't go in front. <laughs> Right, you you go first and soak up all the bullets, and then they can bounce off us what they've got left. But yeah, so they're attacked, aren't they? They're attacked by mm-hmm. Reyes's men. Yeah. Um, and basically his crew gets wiped out. Uh, Luke's Hobbs. Yeah. Um, just as he's about to be killed, um, Dom to the rescue with the rest of them. Uh, so. That's the beginning of a beautiful friendship. A beginning of <laughs> beginning of a, a paramour. And Vince gets shot in this. We don't realise that yeah. he's driven away, but they, they get away. Um basically Elena and um Hobbs have survived. That's it from his crew. Mm-hmm. Everyone from Dom's crew except Vince survives. Vince just says, You must meet my son to um to Dom and then dies. And then they're back at the um, yeah. Yeah. Then they're back at the um, 
warehouse or yeah. whatever it is. Do you think they'll setting up they'll setting up um, Vince to be like to kind of like all oh, be suspicious as like oh he's going to betray him. He'll always be that kind of suspicion around him, or I think it wasn't like. I I was a bit confused. I I think that there's not much wrong with this film, but I think that might be a dropped plot thread mm. because. He betrayed them. He was kicked out. He did them a favour. He was let back. Yeah. Then he dies. And you're suddenly like, is that meant to be kind of his punishment for what he's done? The sort of in-universe punishment is he redeemed himself, but he had to die. I don't know. I I don't know. I I, I think when he came back, I thought I would have thought if I didn't remember this wasn't the case. Couldn't remember everything about this film, Mm. but I remembered that wasn't the case. I think I might have thought that, yes. I think it was yeah. set up to be something that was kind of dropped. It's like, because the actor hasn't done much at all, so it could just be, uh, uh, I think it was one of his last films anyway. Why does he not work now? No, not um, he's not done it. I don't think he's done much since then. Not not in movies anyway. Um, uh, so it could just be like, eh, I'm, I'll come back and do this. He, he's, he's done. He's done one film since, and that was yeah. two years ago. I'm just looking. After this, he did seven years later. He did a film called Action Point, which has got Johnny Knoxville in it. Yeah. Um, and that is it. He hasn't even done anything on TV. Mm. So whether he's just stepped away from acting, or he does stage, or he's got something else going on in his life, I don't know. Uh, acting musician, so maybe he's doing music stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So this this was almost his goodbye, and he just obviously mm. works when he feels like it. On this stuff, I mean, I don't, I yeah. don't mean he's lazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, if you, yeah, if you don't need the money, I guess. <laughs> just... no, I guess. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is where I get bits of the film mixed up because Vince has just died, and yet my recollection of this scene is. They all sort of relax with a few beers, or is that before uh, Luke came to get them? Because um, they're talking about what they're going to do with the money, and Tej is like, "I'm going to open a garage," and Roman's going, "Your job, your dream, is a regular job." Um, and they have a beer, and um, Han flirts with Giselle. Yeah. Um, I can't. Re- I can't remember the order of things. But I know I, yeah, I think I think all, all that stuff like just before that because uh, okay. it's like some because because right now be they're the like wrong, it would be the wrong tone now, wouldn't it? Yeah, because right now yeah. they're saying like, well, you know, obviously because they were just about to go and do the job uh, before Hobbs came and at in. At this point, yeah, it's now not about money. Dom is just totally like, he'll pay for that, and he'll pay by us still doing this. Mm. Um, and the plan has now become much more smash and grab because. Well, the car thing never really worked, and while they were still planning it out, they've been arrested and stuff like that. So, um, and this is a bit that isn't quite plausible. Um, Hob says to him, "I'm in. I'll help you." Him and Elena. I'll ride with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ride with you. It's like you're still an FBI agent, mate. <laughs> but anyway, but his crew's been killed, so it's meant to be, you know, revenge for him as well. Yeah, that's, I mean that's I, I, where this is playing to a mixed ability group because like most people are going to watch that and go, not really, but it does have a kind of logic. It it does. I think I think it probably works best when you consider the fact that that there 
he, he's not he's not working in his uh, jurisdiction. So okay. he's he's working in in a place where he knows is corrupt because he hired he got Elena because she, that was the thing. Yeah, we missed we skipped over that. The whole thing with him picking her was your past and your determination and her backstory, which we don't really need to go into unless you guys really want to. Um, is that you're probably the only person I could pick who wouldn't be bought. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, Reyes is all over that favela. So, so in a way, it's like kind of like, you know, fine, I'll, I'll help these guys, you know, screw over a wrong one. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably like, okay. yeah, fuck them. And then, so, and then, and then I'll, and I'll, and I'll just catch you afterwards. There right. are some clues. There are some clues hiding in plain sight. We've mm. already seen, we've already seen the um, police cars. We've already seen they bought a safe. They yeah. bought a safe to practice on. So we know there's two safes. But it was such a throwaway thing earlier in the film. You've forgotten about it. Yeah. So it, this film does actually plant all this stuff. We know they know the layout of the building. We know that they have vehicles. I mean, there were bits where I just thought in an alternative world, well, that'll be credits. Because the next day when they do the smash and grab and they link the safe to the back of the, their cars... I'm just imagining them driving away, their bumpers ripping off, and them going, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> just that'll do. Yeah. Didn't work. Um, but yeah, they, they smash in, hook their, the two of them hook their cars up. That When they were saying the team, we need two amazing drivers with nerves of steel. Well, we know, we've got, we know we're the best. We know we've got that. So yeah, they hook these two sort of quite nice matte finished cars up. Yeah. And I thought they'd resprayed police cars at this point, but never mind. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. And they drive did, yeah. away. Yeah, they rip. They might have done. Um, they've ripped. They rip the safe out of the wall. How plausible that is, I don't know. How plausible the speed they're able to go at with it is, I don't know. But this scene from now on is fantastic. It's just pure carnage. It's pure carnage. It reminded me in places of Terminator 3, where he went smashing through buildings in that Mm -hmm. opening sequence and stuff. But it's also the fact, yeah, um, Hobbs helps out by basically um, holding back any resistance to them stealing the safe Mm -hmm. from the building in the first place. That's their bit. And then they sort of follow on on the basis that they're still going to have to arrest them at some point. Yes. And then the police are straight onto them on a trait on a race through Rio, basically with the two of them tandem effectively both hooked up to one massive safe behind them with a million a hundred mm. million dollars, I'm assuming, in it. And every time they, they use it to smash things out the way, they split off to use it to mow down things, they they sort of use it to balance themselves mm-hmm. and they use it to cause an immense amount of carnage in in, you know, a cinematic uh, car chase and it's just great and it's really long and it reminded me a little bit in some respects you know I talked about the slight sort of majesty to the formation driving in the Italian job this has got a bit of that yeah yeah I think this this scene this chase is meant to be like a homage to those classic Hollywood hot car chases so you mentioned like the Italian job like bullet for example I think this scene is meant to be you know those like those really iconic car chases um, of you know classic Hollywood movies, I think this this sequence especially is meant to be a real homage to that. So yeah, it's a good point that you bring that up because I think that's exactly what it's meant to be. And, and Mia's and Mia's got something to do. Yes. Yeah, she's busy for once. Yeah, she's on the she's on the comm bike, sort of, but basically sort of watching the 
the city basically, so you know, you know what they're watching out for heat, you know, you need to turn there. Um, but yeah, to your point, I think this whole sequence is really memorable. When I think of Fast Five, I think of like two cars trailing around a big safe, smashing into everything. Yeah. Um, the cars are identical. The cars are driven in a lovely sort of yeah. formation. They're all talking to, they're all able to talk to each other. And just as you start thinking in this sequence about those of the crew that don't have something to do, you realize they do. Mm. Um, because Han, Tyrese, and all the rest of it are going to turn up in police cars to basically slam out the, the actual police yeah. and clear the path for them. Um, and they, they head for a bridge and then they realize they are. Oh, and Giselle is. What's Giselle doing? She's driving the, the drug, the truck. She's driving the low loader, isn't she? Yeah. Yes, there's a point where they clear a load of police and then Mia says, you've got 10 clear seconds. Next thing we see, they're emerging from a very, very short um, underground bit, mm. but very short. They don't even really, they barely leave our vision. But we find out later there's been a swap. Mm-hmm. The, the fake. Um, again, the physics of this, I'm not sure about because now you've got an empty safe doing the exact same amount of damage. Um, but yes, they've basically dragged it onto the back of a low loader. The two Spanish guys have unhooked them and hooked them back up mm-hmm. to the new one, and then they've driven off and dragged that off the front. So the heist, like you know, before like at this point, it's already done. It's already done, and now it's in, the audience doesn't know, and it's really intensifying because they're now on a bridge, and the police are catching them. Mm-hmm. And Brian says to Dom, "We're not going to get ahead of them," and he said, "I'm not. You are." And he unhooks. I thought he unhooked himself to start with. He unhooks Brian. Yeah. Um, which, Brian... which doesn't make sense at the time. Since you don't know, like, you still think the money's there. You're thinking, like, you know, you you, you would think he'd, like, unhook himself and You've let given Brian up go. And it's only about freedom now, is it? Yeah. It, it is like, oh, that's disappointing. And then he turns and drives it. And you just think about the carnage and crime level. <laughs> cars are getting people must be killed and decapitated and all sorts in this bit well you only see you don't see any civilians uh cars no but i mean police cars are, are absolutely hitting yeah. this head on at speed it to the degree that people would come flying through the front window oh god yeah um there's one bit where the top half of a car's like taken off you think that would decapitate you yeah the, the, there's carnage here but he's basically dragging the police off brian and he's doing a really good job swinging this safe around and and sort of using it as a weapon against yeah. these cars ahead of him. And eventually he has to leap out because it goes off the edge slightly and as it rebounds, it lifts his car. So the car's fucked, he's out. He's surrounded by like, well, I think Hobbs and that have turned up. Mm. Hobbs and Elena are there. Um, just as he's about to be shot by the henchman. Not Goldie. Uh, Latino Goldie. Brian yeah, shows up I, and shoots him. Brian instead. shows up and shoots him. I had to make a call, which is a call back to the start of the film mm-hmm. about taking the job in the first place. And Hobbs says to him, because Hobbs, he's won Hobbs respect. Mm. So Hobbs, Hobbs kills uh, Ray's. Um, yes. Which I, I, I kind of I liked how he did it. He just thought, he, he kind of did it in almost like John Wick way where he like, barely even looked at him. He just sort of like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, cool Dom, yeah, Dom had already landed his car on him. Yeah, but yeah, he survived that. Um, and he tells them, y- y- you've earned a 24-hour head start and then I'm coming for you. 
but the money stays here. Yeah. So they drive off with their tails between their legs, having learnt their lesson about stealing being bad. Credits. <laughs> yeah. Hobbs does find it kind of amusing that the uh, the money's gone, though. <laughs> well, no, he looks at the door and he's like, hang on a minute, because none of the security's on it. So he just opens the door and it's an empty, still kind of like bubble-wrapped <laughs> safe inside. And he just laughs. He just laughs at the idea. So Vince's share goes to his wife and uh, his widow and kid. Um, Giselle and Hannah driving down the autobahn towards Berlin with him or her on his lap, not the other way around. Get, <laughs> he's give, giving it plenty. It's probably That's the film we want to see. He's probably going to finger her. Um, <laughs> That's not the film we want to see. I'd watch it. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, where, what else? Um, then I don't know where Brian and Dom are. I know they're in the Canaries at the start of the next film. Uh, they're in the Canary Islands. I don't know if that's where they are now. Did a screen grab come up of where they are? Um, I don't think it did. The two Spanish guys go straight mm-hmm. into a casino, and the implication is they lose their money immediately. Um, which which, which what, makes what, you think, what, all right, oh, well done. <laughs> brilliant. Lovely, lovely stuff. Although, yeah, I don't know. But um, anyway, it's not it's not made clear. But Dom and um, Dom is with Elena now. She's turned up, and yeah. obviously Brian and Mia are together, and they're they're sort of in a little sort of house on the beach. And it just made me laugh because the two women went off by themselves to sit and talk about knitting and cats and shit, mm. while the two men drink a beer and talk about fast cars and shit. That was the other scene that made me laugh. It was just it's a bit like, of a divide of the sexes, really, isn't yeah, it? You go, you go in there while the gentlemen have the smoking lounge. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Men what... decide, ladies that side. Yeah. Women Men and talk. kids go into your lounge. Man talk, slap on the ass. Yeah, a little bit like that. I did wince a little bit. And then they, um, I've never seen, I've never seen Mia happy. It's because we're free. And then Brian is looks at two cars and thinks, "Hang on, they're fast cars. We're fast drivers." Oh yeah. So let's have a race once and for all bit of shit talking and then cgi basically mm. cars racing each other as we go to credits and the cars are perfectly evenly matched because <laughs> contracts and shit i'd say probably that scene is probably the most i mean it's you know cgi heavy but as well as cgi is probably, it's probably though it's stylized because we're not yeah it's very heavily stylized definitely but yeah. apart from that it looks good it's good and they're sort of driving all over the world by the look of it um that's it fast five done um, Fast Six will pick up from more or less the same pace. We pick up from Fast Six picks up with the race in what looked like the same cars, although I can't confirm they're wearing the same stuff. But they're headed. Turns out they're heading to the hospital for the baby's birth. Mm. She is heavily pregnant at the end of this film, but I don't think it's the same race. Um, but it obviously picks up very, very soon. Soon after, this is kind of a a, a real hot spot for the series, though, because everybody's given something to do. I mean, compare Mia this week to Mia next week. You know, the first film I ever saw her in, I, I couldn't believe she was even a thing in the film because they just glossed over her. Um, yeah, yeah they, she's really ramped up, isn't it? I would say for a film that's so busy and it's got quite a, a big cast, for the most part, everybody has something to do. Like, yeah. I was kind of getting to halfway point and thinking, well, like the two main characters, you know, they're kind of not as prominent but you know they they're obviously watching man with a golden gun the other night and it's like your turn will come so i was like well their turn will come you know yeah and i thought well for a film for a film that's so populous um it has you know everybody gets a chance everybody has something to do 
um, and even some of the female characters who would t- traditionally be sidelined, unfortunately, yeah. they've got a job. So well, hey, but we'll, we'll see some of that next week, and we'll see plots go nowhere. Like, I, like the aforementioned. Maybe I'll see the point of this when I rewatch it. But from memory, there's a subplot of he's got to go into prison to find something out. And when he comes out, Dom's like, whatever happened in there was for you. In other words, it was like, oh, what was the fucking point of that then? Um, this is, this is, you know, along with last week, we, we've hit a point where the plots are holding together coherently. The action's stronger. The characters are getting more thought about in how they're used. The, um, the interrelationships are at a high point, both in terms of the massive sexual tension between everybody, but also the fact that in later weeks the cast will get not unwieldy they manage the size of the cast just really well but we're going to get somebody who's got the same skill set as Tej and you think well if you were planning from scratch you wouldn't have that um whereas now they've all got their sort of defined roles we've got comedic relief we've got sort of brawn we've got a, a bit of brains in the crew we've got a bit of style you know and cool with Han and stuff you know um this was a real high point um I, I wouldn't say it's downhill from from here. It is, and I think it's the strongest week. But we got a couple of, of decent weeks to come. Yeah, but, I think these uh, these certainly next three films. I think are sort of the high point in the series. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of designed to be a bit of a trilogy within a series, anyway. Yeah. Um, but certainly seven these... gets a bit compromised by what happens because that should have yeah. come out. That should have come out a year after six, and it didn't, which tells you that they knew what they wanted to do with these. Exactly. Films. Well, I think that these two films, kind of five and five and six, for sure, are, are definitely kind of that. Well, for me anyway, the high points in, in the series. Yeah, and I, I don't expect anything we're going to get from now on to to beat this. I think egos have got too large. The series has got a little bit too big, you know, uh, and it's all gone to their heads a little bit. The films have got a bit too long. They've got a bit star fucking. Let's just cast like somebody fucking famous again. You know, Helen Mirren. Why not? It's a big big brand, you know, big series. Yeah, Helen Mirren wants to be in one. So why not? I love Helen Mirren, but it's stunt casting. You don't fucking need it. It's just another scene you don't need in a film. So um, I think this is like the. Use people jobs, keep doing work. Why not? Yeah, but it, I know, I'm only joking, don't worry. <laughs> this is the apex of the series before it all kind of went to their head. And so, yeah, this is about as good as it gets, folks. I really had a great time with this, and it stood up to a rewatch absolutely superbly. Um, yeah, we we haven't mentioned uh, the, very, the, the post-credits sting actually has a little cameo from Eva Mendes. Mm-hmm. Which, which I'm surprised didn't bring her back um, in, in any of this. No, that really—that's the point. I was just about to say she's still somewhat well known, and we don't see her again, to my recollection. It, and and it's kind of because you know after watching it, just re- you kind of thinking, well, why 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 is it, why is she and the Rock partnered up? Because that would make that a bit more sense for the next film, particularly as Rock doesn't have a partner in the next one in the same way. Yeah, it's because Elena's gone rogue. I mean that she's with Dom at the end of this film and the start of the next one. Obviously what's coming with the whole Letty thing will will mm. challenge that, but we'll talk about that next week. But yeah, no, that that's it for me. I really, really like this film. Um unreservedly, not damning with faint praise, not patronizing it. It's a well plotted, smart, um, relatively smart for this series film. Uh everyone on good form a cast casting that makes sense plot characters that are given something to do action that doesn't go too far but does uh nudge the limits and yeah really great yeah no same here i i, I had i had fun with it it's it's a it's a solid 
good action film. I think it's when it's in the territory of going in a bit more of like a, an all-star kind of like cast now, as we see in, in later films. Yeah, they're, be- they're becoming like, you get super groups occasionally mm. where you get like people from, you know, other famous bands meeting up and sort of producing an album together. And by and large, they're normally a bit less than the sum of their parts. And I think the Fast franchise goes a little bit like that. As far as I know, I don't think Kurt Russell's in the new one, is he? Which I think I'm probably going to miss that album. I, mean, I might be wrong, it might be in it. but Well, I mean, he's he's in 7 and 8, but he's in 7, and he's kind of wasted in that. There's a little bit of, like, they were, little things would turn up to tease things and then not be used properly, and they just got a bit long and bloated. I still enjoy them. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, like, we've got a couple of decent ones to come and then they're terrible, but they've lost something since this point whether that's true of nine we're not, not going to know for another year because justin lynn is back now and justin lynn's last effort before that is next week which are the two we like so hopefully it'll go after it'll go that, back to that high standard that we know and love. Yeah, i mean after that it's um it's uh james wan does the eighth film no sorry james wan does seventh. the seventh seventh film. yeah I'm, I'm sorry and he does the eighth film was done by was it F. Gary Gray. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, go and look at F. Gary Gray's filmography. I mean, they, yes. Justin Lin's a better filmmaker. F. Gary Gray made the Italian Job remake. <laughs> uh, I think they will bring their own kind of flavour to it, in, don't they? It's, it's all kind of varied. Black International. You know. So. Exactly. I mean, he made. Well, it's like James Wan. I mean, I. I predominantly know him from um like saw and like sort of horror movies for example yeah. so he kind of brings his own i mean I, I don't want to pigeonhole him as like a horror director i mean you guys probably know more about it than i do um i've only got as far as like third sort of film and that's about it i'm like oh no oh, um but as no. i say he's you know he's got a certain aesthetic and a certain um way of, of approaching films um and filmmaking so he brings the same flavor as does F. gary gray and and indeed um justin lynn for sure i mean yeah think... gary gray's like a really very Film me like you know his first film he's was very Friday. Good what he does, but he's also varied in the end result. He's Friday set it off. Negotiator. Or oh, did um, a man apart, which is uh, Vin, Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah. It's Vin Diesel as well. Definitely. That's it's only kind of like really, that's really, really tough show. action movie. He's you know his ideal really. That was filmed before he became a star and released after sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that was just after Triple X. It was. It was like two thousand and three, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it was shot. Before Triple X, oh, okay, fair enough. I think so. I think it sat on the shelf for a while, not because it's terrible or anything, but they cashed in on this. I might be getting confused with a different film. I, I, I yeah. wouldn't swear to it. And then you got but, Be yeah. Cool, which is a completely different film. And well, then... Be Cool, Be Cool is the sequel to um, Get Shorty. Get Shorty. Yeah. Um, and taking on board what Chris said about Get Shorty not standing up as well as you would think, it's still fair to say Be Cool is quite a weak follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to say the least. Because um, it was the first thing uh, Uma Thurman did after the Kill Bill films, mm. and I remember seeing set photos of her with Travolta. Oh, like all the dancing set. again, like the you know, like uh, yeah. There was still some buzz around her, and I thought, well, I like to get shorty. I hadn't seen it for a long time at that point, but I was looking forward to Didn't it. Hold up. It wasn't great. I, I don't remember how bad it was, but I, I just remember it wasn't great. And um, I think I managed to sell it recently for like my my US copy on DVD for like two p or something ridiculous like that, unfortunately, which is a shame. And the best thing in that film was actually The Rock. 
He was. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he a gay hitman? You'd think it. He was. He was a gay bodyguard or something like that. Well, he was famous. A gay. Yeah, he was definitely a gay character, and he was really campily, slightly seventies dressed, yeah. and yeah, he's great. The thing about the Rock is, I mean, he he probably came to public consciousness outside of wrestling. That is, um, with. Uh, he was. He had a short sort of part in the Mummy, the second Mummy film, mm. and then they did a spin-off, the Scorpion King, King that he was in. Yeah, I think it's kind of. But like, the next thing I recall him in, it won't be the next thing he did, but just this is just a person's memories. The next thing I remember him in was Doom. Yeah, and and he, and he did oh, a lot. Yeah. He just did a lot of crap films, and I just, I just thought, well, he's just going to be like a a, a a B movie action star, and that will be it. Nope. And I I did not for years realize how good he was. I think Be Cool was the first thing I saw where I was like, oh, okay. Um, and the quality control's been a bit up and down, but like he's just he's just good in everything. You know how, how great an actor he is. I don't know, but he's a film star, and um, he's better with dialogue than a lot of these sort of muscle men that have been stars in the past. So. Yeah, he's kind of like that I think with with you know his, his background in, in wrestling as well, he's kind of you know he's got the action, he's got the physicality, he's got screen presence, and you know you can pull off both terrible and uh, incredible dialogue as well. So I think he's kind of he's a good like all rounder, um, and even seeing him uh, voicing like Moana for example, um, you can do kind of voice acting just as well. So yeah, he kind of ticks all the boxes really. I think I think as you said like you know regardless of the film, uh, as you as you would say, Dave, uh, he's he's never the problem. No, uh, no, he, no, he's not. He's not. It's just there was a period in his career where every three, four, five years, whatever it might be, you'd see some left field choice mm-hmm. like his role in Be Cool, which is neither an action film nor is he playing to anything like type. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, he's starting to make some interesting choices. I mean, and then there, and then there would be a brace of like either family yeah. friend fair or just straightforward actioners. And I kept thinking, I'm not sure. He's always going to be a name because of wrestling, and he's better than most people at what he does. But I didn't think he was going to go quite as mainstream as this. Well, it's funny because I think, at least at the start, um, you know, it's more kind of like general action stuff. This thing you think, well, yeah, I can understand him doing that. Well, he played into what you'd expect an ex-wrestler to do in the acting. Well, it's funny because I think they were were all produced by WWF. They all had, like, they were, like, Scorpio King, Run Down, Rocking Tour, all, like, WWE production. I didn't know that. Um, I'm not sure if Griding Gang is, um, just looking at it. But outside of that, Doom might have been to a degree, I don't know. But outside of that, you know, even in Doom, he played the bad guy, which is kind of like... I've avoided it because I just because it oh, just okay. seemed like a very weak adaptation. I, I say I'm not sat here going he was in Doom, which was shit. I'm saying he was in Doom, which was an uninspiring yeah. choice. I mean, I mean, Doom's not very good, but and actually, there was a couple of times in. I mean, normally I like to make my own opinions, mm. but you know me well enough. I think that all right, I'll surprise you occasionally, but if you see something that I won't like, you tend to say to me, "I don't think you'd like that." And Doom was one you were telling me was shit. And I just thought, well, Chris knows me. Knows me. If he's telling me it's crap, I won't like it. So yeah. I didn't bother. I mean, I was, again, I would say he's probably the best thing in it. Because he, his, his character does have like a... It's, the, way, the, the way the film takes, it's like him. He's like the leader of the, of like the, 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 the group. 
kind of thing. And he ends up sort of like getting infected and becomes essentially like the main bad at the end. So it is okay. a bit of it's a bit of a his role in it's probably the best thing in it because it kind of starts in one place and ends in another. He's such a confident yeah. screen presence. I mean, he's so confident. I mean, if you look at other muscle bound big stars, sort of Arnie's and Sly, Arnie has the screen presence. He definitely has the screen presence, but he's not a great dialogue mm. producer because he's got the. He sounds like Total Wolf, you know. He's just he's just very monotone. I like him. I like him a lot more than I used to like him, and I I respect what he's achieved in life. But he's limit. He's got limits, and Sylvester Stallone obviously, effectively, there was an accident when he was born, so one side of his face is wonky, and his voice can be a little bit affected as a result. So they're two not wildly expressive actors for all their talents. And, and Stallone's been fantastic in a number of things. But I look at Dwayne Johnson and just go, you can actually do most things. I hope as you get older, you will push yourself yeah. and not just play agent, retired cop, action hero or whatever. He sort of has in the Jumanji films because he's playing a child in a man's body. Mm. Um, But I, I wonder how he would do with more serious fare. Yeah, I think it tends to sort of like go that go that way. Uh, you know, once you have like what once you sort of hit the stride, you know, like like Lumcon, he's like you're always doing the rom com kind of thing, and then once yeah. and then once you know that kind of like he, he reached peak, you start going, oh well, I'll start taking more chances now. Um, yeah. Which I can see him doing because he's done it before as well. He's you know he's done it at the start. I mean, he, I mean, Christ, he was in Southland Tales for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, Richard, Richard Kelly's follow up to Donnie Darko. Which you know, if, if you're not seen Southland Tales, it's uh, well, it's it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's the difficult second album. <laughs> um, and everyone signed on it for it on the basis that you know. Oh, he did Donnie Darko. What an interesting filmmaker. Yeah. Always let them get their second out of the way first. It might be Pulp Fiction, but it might not. I don't uh, think I've seen it, so I'll give it away, but... Um, I mean, I, I don't love Donnie Darko as much as most people do, but I, I do at least think it was a very interesting piece of work. Um, South and Tales plays very much self-indulgent. It's a guy who's just had some critical acclaim, and it's gone to his head. Um... You know, it's it's a bit like everyone wanted to work with Josh Trank after Chronicle, and they're, mm-hmm. they're less inclined to now, sort of thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, he was in that. Yes, he was in Southland Tales. Um, what's he? He's only done the box, and that's it, isn't it? Since oh, what, Richard Kelly. Yeah. Is it Richard Kelly? Yeah. Is that his name? Looking him up. The box was a film with. Um, wasn't that? Um, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it was a box where you could. It's an intriguing idea. I never saw it. Yeah, uh, it's 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 worth a watch. As a as okay. a bit of a creepy vibe, it's more straight. It's still weird, but it's not like as out yeah. there. Yeah, and he did. Oh, he was a he was a writer on Domino. Yes, it was a Tony Scott film, uh, which I avoided because it was Tony, Tony Scott. Scott. I don't need to dig on the guy because he's got a lot of fans, but by then I'd made my decisions on him, so I didn't really bother. I only went to see Unstoppable because I got a freebie. 
I got free tickets to that. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. I don't hate him that much. I'm just not not a fan who really wants to spend money in that direction. So I did go and see Unstoppable, but I didn't see I didn't see Domino. Um, I remember I used to listen to radio in the morning back then. And the radio adverts for I'm Domino Harvey uh, were on <laughs> all the time. And I'm Domino. They really? were awful. And Kira Knightley's done some Kira Knightley's done some good stuff. I don't think she's a bad actress, and I don't think I, I Kia Knightley was ever fair. Okay. But she doesn't have the most expressive voice for a radio advert. So you know, no, it, she was it, a bit. I'm Domino, and it's like, oh, Christ. I, I, my name is Domino Harvey. It was just like I, yeah, I skipped it, and, and then the reviews came out, and it was like dead on arrival. So, but yes, Richard Kelly is only forty-five now. He made it quite young. Uh, so well, Donnie, Dar- Donnie Darko oh was he was 26 when Donnie Darko came out so that's that's quite impressive to say the least yeah um, when you think when it was coming out at Sundance and stuff he, he would have been 25 filming that so yeah but his career's obviously not flowered in the same way uh, Jake Gillen was asked to be fair also, uh, oh, Patrick Swayze was in that I forgot so it's a good cast yeah, so I, I wouldn't shortlist him to do a Fast and Furious film, though. <laughs> Richard Kelly. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pleased Lynn is back, and this is why. I mean, the best... I don't love Tokyo Drift, and I don't love 4, but certainly the the highest parts of this series had his imprint. What What do you think the chances are that um, John Cena is going to turn out to be, uh, end up being a goodie at the end? Oh, nice question. Isn't, isn't he Vin's brother? Yeah unmentioned in eight films that's what i mean it's like it's like a soap it is like you know it used to happen in like neighbors and stuff someone would someone would ring the doorbell they'd answer it and they'd go hi i'm whoever and it would turn out to be a long lost relative and they were let in and joined the family immediately so i don't know i don't know with john cena the thing, john the, thing, the thing i love about soaps is you got like sort of like family like sons and daughters and that and that who've been in, like for 10 years and then they they go off somewhere and is never mentioned again <laughs> yeah not no. even talked about not even i've got a postcard not even a scene starts and they're just coming off the but, phone to one of them or, or not even just like you know casually visiting as you would do like your mom and dad like you know every year or so <laughs> you would you would at least visit but no yeah and then i love like their existing family get married on the show and they don't come to the wedding <laughs> <laughs> like half the families don't turn up to the wedding and the best kept man can't make it so it's got to be whoever they're drinking with in the pub at that time yeah um this is going to go a little silly as we go forward and there's bits in the timeline that just won't make sense um and good guys become uh, bad guys become good guys i'm hearing han is alive in fast nine and it's like okay he, well even letty i mean we saw fucking letty die but anyway um but we're in a good place at this point. Anything else to add on the film? No, I mean, I don't know a lot, quite frankly. Yeah, I think that's why we're running out of material, Chris. <laughs> we don't know anything. Um, do we just try and style it out and I edit this bit, a bit out and the audience can just think we know stuff or should we address the elephant in the room and respect our audience? Well, I think we've, you know, how many episodes have we done now? Like... 178. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think we always address that. Uh, that's, that's 178 elephants we've addressed every episode. So. Plus about seven um, non-canon episodes. So yeah, around the 185 mark, 
and we've been clueless every week. <laughs> I mean, if we carry well, on, done quite well, quite frankly. I think if we, ca- if, I mean, if we carry on for the same again, you can have a you can have a recording of us clueless for every day of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean. Uh, when we started this, I actually used to like do my research and stuff, Chris. I don't know when I got so lazy that I come into this stuff knowing nothing. Well, you know, I've, I, it's a good job we've got Becca to give us, uh, you know, fun facts to uh, inform everyone. Uh, what I lo- what I find quite disturbing is that we forget we've got this uh, resource in Becca every week because we seem to talk for quite a long time about how do we inform ourselves <laughs> before you remind me Becca exists and is really knowledgeable. That's a load of rubbish. Sorry, that was on air, wasn't it? Uh, oh, Becca. sorry. <laughs> Becca. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. Um, and I yes, I think we covered most of it. But yeah, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> All that fucking build-up. Nothing. <laughs> we covered most of it. Um... But no, I'd just like to take a moment to say thank you to Chris for giving me the Blu-rays for these next two films. Um, obviously, like, obviously, with the, with the extras, you know, you get quite a lot of extras on the day, but obviously a few years out of date now, so the the whole blue, um, what was it, like, pocket app that you used to be able to get and be live and all that kind of hideously, def- you know, defunct. So I thought, oh, yes, there'll be a gold mine of extras for me to mine. Uh, no, none. So... Sorry, but no, thank you, thank you anyway for making this film viewing, po- you know, possible. So, oh, you, well, you, you're welcome. I mean, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> you're lucky I didn't sell them. There in previous weeks, she was just watching the fucking nicked copy we gave her. Oh shit! Sorry, Becca. Anyway, yeah, I've managed to find out from the tinterwebs five useless facts, which we've already already discussed. So yeah, Fast Five is actually a film of firsts. This is the first. I've written F and F, which is a clothing brand, so I'll try not to say that. Um, That's Tesco's clothing. I know. Brand. <laughs> it's quite embarrassing that you know that. Yeah. I can't be asked. I can't. I was past about, the era oh. of Woolworths jeans. Oh my god, Ladybird! Remember those? No, what was that? <laughs> I think that was Woolworths. Children's clothing, I think. Oh, also, okay. could shoes as well, perhaps. I'd be worried if I did know children's clothing. To be fair, <laughs> you know, you're of a certain age when. Yeah, so it's a yeah, film of first. It's the first film in the series to be over two hours and the first Fast and Furious film to be shot in IMAX. Um, for fact number two, the lovingly amazing um, Don vs. Hobbs fight scene took over a week to shoot. Um, for fact number three... That was Hobbs... them talking to their lawyers for several <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, they dragged it out so long. They're like, right, no, this what is what I want. Do it me there on. and I don't want that. What do we do? I'm going to punch you here. You're going to punch me there. It's actually a pretty decent fight. As kind of fight scenes go, it's quite visceral, and you do kind of feel, oh, 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 you know, I winced a few times, and you do, you sort of feel it, you know. It's one of those kind of, one of those epic fight scenes where you do kind of really feel the impact of the punches, in in a, you know in that way that you do. <laughs> so that fight scene at the end of well on the train, in the spectacle when he, you know Bond really does get kicked out of him. So, um, yeah. Fun fact number three, uh, Fast Five, obviously, as we discussed during the course of the action, it was actually part of the trilogy. Um, and Five and Six were written, you know, it's kind of like a, a mini 
you know, series within the series. Yes. Um, so that's kind of why it does have that kind of that three-parter style arc to it, which obviously falls away towards the end. Um, fun fact number four. Circumstances. <laughs> well, yeah. I think we'll have to try to be kind to Seven because of circumstances. But we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, we'll just have to look as we have done with some other um, <clears throat> lesser films in the series, we'll have to kind of look around the circumstances of, of its production, um, which resulted in you know, the film that we eventually got. Um, perfect number four. The, oh, dear. My earring just fell out. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, that's fact four. What, what? That's fact four. Um, malfunction of the wardrobe. Um, yeah, the climax of the filmmaker is Brian Dobstein in a bank vault, which I think is pretty epic. I'm dragging it through the streets of Rio. Um, obviously, this didn't really happen. It's team achieved this effect with obviously real vaults um but pull it on the giant like on a truck like a sort of bed truck rather than um actual cars um so that kind of achieved that illusion which i think was pretty cool and obviously as again as we mentioned um she didn't apparently reading to interviews and reports she didn't realize that her character survived until she saw the end credits so how about that being kept in the dark and she was actually in the film well she technically wasn't she was well, no, she kind of wasn't, but she was, you know, she didn't really find out, even though she'd been in the franchise, she didn't find out you mean, until, like, the rest of us. Can, can, can you imagine, like, sort of le- leading with that tease, and then, like, sort of them, re- them bringing her, going, like, and actually... Then talks, and then talks with the actress, break down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> nah, it's all right. <laughs> if you hadn't already done the deal, Christ, you could drive out of a bargain, couldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> I'll do this, this, isn't it? Yeah. So I've got to pay this much... Uh, Chris, when you write the show notes, can you can you write in that Be- Becca has a wardrobe malfunction because everyone will listen. And they'll go, oh, what's that? And what's the YouTube version going? Oh, what's that? No. Oh, what's that? Too late. Yeah, yeah. It, we we know it's an earring caught falling out, but they're going to get like two hours into the show before they realise that we didn't just flash up a bit. Dave has a wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But isn't like an earring fallout, like an innuendo for something else. No, no. Well, no, is it? Not as far as I know. No, the... well, it, could, it could be. One of us <laughs> will have our knob fall out. Which one will it be? Join us That's next. That's after dark. After dark. I could put that on the trailer. <laughs> Just like hinting, it won't only because tra- it won't only really be a trailer for this show. Then it'll be a trailer for next week. Sexy show. Because people are like, well, hang on, there must be a wardrobe function this week because they're referring to one next week. Keep and it's your... going to be your penises. Keep, your, keep your ears peeled. <laughs> That's our motto. Keep your ears peeled for penis. There's <laughs> all the alliteration and things that are fun to say. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> I'll see my earrings out next time. Oh Becca has an earring fallout, and we've extrapolated from that. Keep your ears That's peeled. A... For penis. Literally from one extreme to the other. Yeah. How did you get from point A to point B? I honestly don't know what happened. By point Z? Oh my gosh. I was about to say I'm wondering if I've had a stroke, but you might misunderstand. Say, have you? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely not had a stroke. face falling on one side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Not that kind of stroke, Becca. No. <laughs> Can you raise one arm? <laughs> yeah, I need to raise one. Well, all the other is doing, you know what? <laughs> no, no, serious. No, no, no. No, 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 all this bit of stuff is coming on. Yeah. 
Let's dip into the shoulder. Yes. <laughs> yes, slight stiffness coming on in the shoulder. Aye, he means his cock. Badly dubbed, George. Badly dubbed, George. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, you know, basically says that line without moving his lips. What was the first series last week of The Black Adder? Oh, oh my God, I've not seen that for ages. And there oh was the episode, uh, The Queen of Spain's Beard, which had, he, he had to marry Miriam Margulies or whatever it was. Oh, gosh. Uh, but Jim Broadbent was her, because she was Spanish, and, and Jim Broadbent played her translator. And there's a bit where they send Baldrick to fuck her so she's not a virgin. <laughs> and you, it just cuts to the dark, and, she's, and she starts, like, moaning and talking and, like, making sex noises. And he's translating them. He's actually <laughs> in when they're having sex, translating them. And I'm just oh, wondering, great. I'm just wondering if uh, George Baker had to attend um, <laughs> when James Bond had sex. The real Hillary Bray. <laughs> That's how he did it. It's not Hillary Bray in the book. No. Although Hillary Bray is in the book. Well, if Wexford turns up. Wexford. <laughs> I never watched an episode of that. Was it any good? Oh, it was quite good. I enjoyed the books a lot better, but obviously he was known for playing Wexford as well. Oh, there you go. What a show. Minge, boobs, penis, Wexford. <laughs> I've just realised. That's a trajectory of our show. I've oversold it because Binge didn't get mentioned. It has now, though. So. Well, you ticked that I, box, didn't you? Yeah, I haven't ticked any boxes for a, for a while, sadly. <sighs> anyway. Oh, dear. As for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid 1976 Good old Chris, living his life a quarter of an inch of a mile. <laughs> well, don't worry, because next week we get to have the, the really infinitely long runway, don't we? So there'll be a. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm sure there'll be, be an epic factor about that. We're going to have maps on that next week. Yeah, how long is it? Mm. Well, we're going to have to guess a speed, because I think planes are normally doing a couple hundred miles an hour when they take off, but mm. let's, work on, let, let's work on 100 miles an hour and then just time the scene. I've got a feeling the runway on that basis is like over 20 miles long. It is crazy. It is. Uh, particularly as they go on for quite a while after a bit where like Dom's no longer on the plane or something. Dom, Dom is still only about 20 yards away. That scene is like, yeah, it's the start. It's it's a lot of fun, but it's not. It does fun. go a bit silly. It goes a bit silly. It's anyway. Good. It's too silly. So what about us? on Twitter and you on Twitter, Becca. Yes, you can follow us on Twitter at Expect Us Talk and the same on Facebook if you type in Do You Expect Us to Talk. Um, you can also, I made a list, you can also find us also on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher and Podbean. That's as far as I've got so far. And don't forget to wherever you draw us, you can um, find us wherever you normally draw your podcast from. Don't forget to rate us, review us, to like us and share us. Thank you. Draw us like one of your French girls. <laughs> well, as wherever you find your podcast, whichever platform you go to, don't forget to rate, review, like us, and share us on there. Um, I'm just going to borrow that from another podcast. So thank you. Keep your ears peeled for penis. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a new catchphrase for us, I think. Your words, not mine. I don't know where that came from. I don't even know what it means.
I think we're getting further and further from a film podcast, which we never were to begin with. So. We've just talked about a film for two hours. I know, but that doesn't count. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Obviously, the real, obviously, the real meat was at the end, literally and figuratively. I was going to say. Maybe we should just like sort of just basically sort of like randomly slip penis into our reviews and just sort of. <laughs> I would love to random. Well, I don't want to randomly slip penis in because I don't know what I'd be randomly. It's slipping. hidden. <laughs> but yeah, but you can sort of like, you know, listen can tell us what. Listen can tell us like where they heard it. It could be like. It'll be a new game. Yes. Drops an email. Telling us at what time. Keep, keep your ears peeled for penis. Oh, there you are. What's the time right, so so what you're saying is because. If it was an hour and 50 into the show, they're all going to say an hour and 50 in the show. What you're getting at is they say, I was in the fruit and veg aisle in Alfie when I heard you talk about penises. Yeah, the more inventive, the better. Yes. The more mundane place you're in. I was only at the deli when Becca's tits got mentioned. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Christmas Fruity Corners just took a, a new meaning now, hasn't it? It really has. Yes. Once, If the film provides us with fruit... We'll, you'll be the first to know, listeners. But, you know, it's been quite poor in that regard, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've not spotted much fruit, to be honest with no, you. No, we have to get back on the fruit spotting train. But again, what's he going to spot it in? Mm. I'm just hoping Spider-Man gets his five a day and rig, rigs and Murtar. And, um, I don't know, do the apes eat a lot of bananas and stuff? I don't, I don't know. Probably not, no, they shun yeah, when they try to dominate talk. mankind, they're like, no. No. No, I'm not eating fruit. They don't order pizzas in, though, so they must be eating something. To misquote the title of that famous book, bananas are not the only fruit. No, they're not. Oranges is not, are not the only fruit. <laughs> it's a TV show with Charlotte Coleman in it. had a load of lesbian action in it. I, I think I missed the point of the film, to be honest with you, because I think it was much more about social themes and growing up. But... You probably weren't the target, Demi. I was 13, to be honest, so I was just like, look at that. Anyway. <laughs> Covering all the bases. I'll leave you there, listeners. <laughs> Which means, Becca. Do you expect to talk or return with our review of Fast and Furious 6? <laughs>